Good morning and welcome to PSVG's Game Talk, our monthly show about all the K's, the P's, the flops, all of those wonderful things for your listening enjoyment. And if you don't know who I am by the sound of my voice, it's me, your boy, Dad Ninja Dev, and I've brought two friends along. We have one third of the normal crew, Mr. Donnie Reese. How are you today? And tell me about any new tech you've got. Did you, did you call it Game Talk? It's like game tech. Mm. Mm. Lucas, can I get a, can I go to ruling? I, I heard talk as well. <laughs> morning shows. This is what happened when you have a morning show. Uh, morning shows. Doing uh, greetings, Kooplings. Doing pretty good, Dev. You want me to talk about any new tech that I have? Like, don't you want to introduce Lucas first? It could be a minute. Not really. No. <laughs> <laughs> Lucas, yeah, I'm here. I'm happy that you're that we're podcasting. Yes, when when you told me a morning show, I went. Mm, I don't know, but uh, you got you mean that much to me. This is all a ruse to get you to play Ori. You just don't know it yet. Like we're just going to talk about Ori for forty. Minutes. I, you know what? I actually started to install that, and then Xbox Game Pass uh, for PC decided that it would restart my computer and freeze it every time I used the interface, which that's is a new one for odd. me. So, wow, that's the only right. thing I, the only thing I can think what? of is uh, video drivers, and I'll get to that when I talk about some tech stuff I've been. Oh, the power with, so. of drivers. Yes, they it's drive the, power of AMD. the system. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The power of AMD drivers. I, you have so many weird driver issues. I know. Ugh. Well, and then when one thing gets fixed, another thing pops up. So, yeah, good times. I mean, AMD is great for being able to have the budget builds and being able to really maximize the system, but their driver issues as of late have just been a absolute killer. Mm-hmm. It's just mm-hmm. no bueno. Like I keep wanting to like build like maybe a side system for like maybe streaming or something down the road with AMD, but just after all their driver issues, I'm just like I don't even want the headache. It seems like they go in a cycle of like releasing really good CPUs and then they start like falling off of there, and then releasing really good graphics cards and focusing on that, and then they fall off again, and then they're like, oh, we got to catch up with Intel. Oh, we got to catch up with Nvidia. Oh, we got it. We're not focusing enough. And then whatever they're not focusing on tends to have issues. Yeah. I don't remember this back when uh, they were releasing their last line of last generation or two generations ago of CPUs, mm-hmm. the FX chips and everything. Yeah. Um, the, all the graphics cards were, were, were doing well, but the, the CPU line was kind of, hmm. and then now they're like, oh, we got to catch up with Nvidia. Let's get those graphics cards out there. And uh, things were going well for a while, but then now I'm getting all these drivers issues and and stuff. And yeah, yeah, you definitely you you get what you pay for, as they say. Dev, what kind of graphics (laughs) card do I have? You have a NVIDIA RTX 2070 Super. 
There you go. Mine has, Jeez, mine has no issues. Lucas, I should I've just got, leave on the basis of that alone. I've got a guy. I've got a guy. Dev is my guy. I got a guy. He just tells me what I to need buy. A guy. He just I need goes, a guy. Buy this, Donnie. I don't oh, buy anything I a, without Dev's approval first. I, I need a money guy, not a decisions guy. <laughs> <laughs> I need a sugar daddy. Oh, man. Um, yeah. Dev, I got. Let's pick up where we left off last uh, episode, mm-hmm. and I got headphones. Yay! What'd so, you get? I bought the Sennheisers, and uh, I got a cell phone instead. Like the guy just sent me a cell phone that he was supposed to send to somebody else, and he sent them the Sennheisers. And the problem was, he wanted me to return it without sending me the headphones. And I was like, no, that's not how this is going to work. Like, you're going to send me the headphones, and then I'll send you the phone. And he was like, well, I'm not going to send you the headphones until you send me the phone. So I just ended up getting a phone. Like, I, I just bought a phone. I was like, I'll just keep the phone, and I'll give it to uh, – I was going to give it to my daughter. Um, she has, like, some old, old, old Android that she hates and she feels embarrassed by. But when I tried to give her this new phone, because it's actually nice, nice new droid. You know, it's a nice size Android phone. Um she said, well, I was working to save my money to buy like her teacher's old iPhone 5. So she didn't even want the new one. She wanted an, an iPhone anyway. So I just gave it to Jack. So Jack has a new phone tablet now that he carries around, listens to his music on, which is a pretty sweet swap. I got those headphones for like 50 bucks on the auction. And then I had like a $35 coupon. So it's basically like a $20 phone. So I had to go all around and do it all over again. So I started talking to the crew in our little DM chat. And I was like, all right, I need some phones. Uh, what are we going to get? I'm going to get these Sennheisers. I was looking at different ones. And, and I, I, after going through all of the rigmarole of getting these headphones, I was basically like, all right, going like the, the cheap auction route backfired. So like if we're just going to do it, let's do it. Like let's go get the headphones. Mm-hmm. So I started looking into – like these Bose wireless phones. And then we were looking at some other kind. And then um, Jared said, well, you should get the, the steel series. I think these are the Arctis sevens. Yep. Right. And uh, he was like, these are great headphones, but they're also like for gaming. Cause that was the problem we kept running into with like the really great audio headphones is none of them have a mic. And I was like, well, I'm not going to like, I need one pair of headphones. And I realized that, not one pair of headphones can be perfect for everything, but I'm not going to have multiple pairs of headphones. So I need the most perfect, least common denominator that we can find. And uh, Jared said these were it. So I bought them. I got them for $100, uh, which is what I paid for them um, after about a $20 eBay bucks coupon that I got from um, um, from buying the PC. I finally cashed that out. So for like $80, and uh, they were brand new. And I got them, and from the moment I put them on, I was like, I love these things because they fit <laughs> so comfortably on. They're just like pillows, like kind of hugging your ear. They're so comfy. I would be using them to podcast, except that I capture the audio that runs through the microphone. So I didn't want to like have to plug these in to change my whole setup, but they've been great. Um, the cool thing about these is that they, you can plug them in, but they're completely wireless. They have a little receiver that you plug into your PC, and I think you can use it on your PlayStation as well. And the yeah, cool thing yeah. about the receiver is how easy and simplified it makes everything. It's easier than even like trying to sync Bluetooth. You literally plug it in, turn it on, and in seconds, like instantly, they're instantly connected. And every time that I've done it, I'm not sure if this is the way that my audio sources are just 
routed to my computer, but every time I did it, uh, done it, it's automatically like changed to the default speaker as well. So I don't yeah. have to mess with anything ever. I literally just turn them on, put them on, and that's where my audio is coming from. Nice. So those have been, these have been great. I played Ori in these the entire time. Um, I've been using these like on, on all of my conference calls. I've been listening to music on these. Um, Devin and Jared are right. These make my Astros sound terrible. <laughs> like in comparison, like I was literally swapping them, right? I was listening to music and I'd swap headphone for headphone. It's like, wow, these sound way, way better. They make the other ones sound like very tinny and kind mm -hmm. of echoey. Um, or these are, are just kind of very smooth and solid. So I'm very much looking forward to it. I've got awesome headphones. I love these. I actually put them on Chucky for a while. So like when I'm not wearing them, I'm just going to put them on Chucky and let them sit there. Maybe my little headphone rest. And I'm very much looking forward to playing The Last of Us in these headphones and Hellblade. Whenever Hellblade 2 comes, I cannot wait. So I've got headphones now. I'm a part of the headphone master race. Oh, yeah. That'll definitely be an eargasm playing <laughs> Hellblade and Last of Us with those on. It'll be great, especially since they actually focus on audio in those games. Um, the headset should definitely enhance the experience there for sure. Um, I too got some Steel Series headphones as well since the last time. I actually picked up the Arctis Pro. Um, they're wired, so they don't have any of the wireless features that Downey likes. I pretty much just sit here at my, my desk and play all of my games, whether it's on PC or Xbox or, or PlayStation. I just swap just the cord out and we're good to go. No problem. I typically use the Blue Yeti for you know chat if I'm playing a game with somebody who I'm chatting with. Since that's plugged in everything, we're good to go. No issues there. And just like Donnie, from the moment I put these on, it just made everything else sound like absolute garbage, man. Just the the wide range of sound that you get out of these. You get the lows, the highs, the mids. The audio is clear. Um, they, just, they just feel great, and they are super comfortable. Um, just the design of them with the little... They call it the, the ski the ski goggles band or whatnot. Um, the adjustments for yeah. it is really really comfortable. Um, I love the way they feel. That the the cushions are really really good. They they, so they feel soft. good for long. Yeah, for long play times they're really really nice. And my ears and head don't get all hot or anything like that either. So no question. I got a question for both of you. Mm -hmm. So you sometimes you get those interchangeable ear pads, right? And it's mm -hmm. always either the pleather or the kind of knit cotton or whatever it is or or velour uh preference what's your preference these are like that knit kind of thing so and that's yeah. What, oh yeah so i've tried that because i had the swappable ones itches my ears like crazy cannot well, stand it hang on let me correct that because then i've had the other ones i had the playstation ones that were knit like that and i agree like they they were abrasive to your ears these these are like they're cushioning. Yeah, they're like cushioning. Oh, it like, literally feels like a pillow. Like that's I exactly what it. it feels like. It even has mesh. It almost looks mm -hmm. like one of those gel pillow things. Yeah. It, that's exactly what it feels like. It feels like a gel pillow and the mesh makes it breathable as well. So it And it doesn't really, sit really on nice. your ear. It sits around your ear. Mm -hmm. And that was a big part uh, for me yeah. is because like those PlayStation ones that I've had in the past, I don't remember which ones they were, but they were like blue and they had that cross stitching and they sat on the ear against the mm -hmm. ear. And That's the worst. Those were awful. No, I went under it with you. I was like, I paid all this money for these headphones and they make my ear hurt. Um, these, these couldn't feel like these, it's, these feel better to wear than to not wear. 
<laughs> so I kind of want them on all the time. When you put, uh, that was my first impressions. I put them on. I was like, oh wow, <laughs> like, it's so soft. <laughs> they do have different ear pads that you can buy for these as well. Like if you wanted to get the leather, if you like that feel better, you can go to to Steel Series website and they have all kind of little things you can nice. buy from us. They have ear cups you can buy. They have different little ski bands that you can buy. They've I got even realize that you can take these off. I feel like I'd break it. Yeah, you can take them off. And I don't know about your model, but I know on both the Pro Series, you can actually take off the little caps here and they have customizable caps you can put on the side if you're looking for that as well. Plus, mine have RGBs because RGBs makes everything faster. <laughs> they took the RGBs out of these apparently for battery life. Which I've not had an issue yeah. with um, with battery life. The only thing that they've got is when you pull the mic out, the mic will let you know if it's uh, muted or not with a red light, and it has oh. a, it has an inside mute button. And there's a there's a volume um, clicker like roller, and then there's also a click wheel for um, like mix. So on one yeah. side you can go volume, on the other side you can go mix. So if you're playing and chatting, you can mix your audio directly, which is awesome because like on Xbox you got to do that manually. It's always kind of yeah. like a a testing situation you got to kind of go back and forth yeah the pro has that same little chat mix dial and it's got all the dials on the side and it's got the the mic and everything which i'll probably never use but apparently the mic on these is also really 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 good one of the the best mics in the business apparently so also a bonus and i i have used them um for long durations because i like said i played ori in the will of the wisp the entire game um, cause the newest edition that I also got was an ultra wide monitor, which I put here on my desk and I'm talking to you on. Nice. I want one of those. And oh, yeah, uh, me too. Yeah, I was talking, but it really wasn't for gaming. I didn't upgrade this for gaming. It was more for productivity. It's just, I've had two monitors for years and, uh, at work I have four, I have tons of monitors because a lot wow. of my stuff is programming. So, um, like I usually I'll dedicate like one screen to doing like some code stuff. I'll do another screen to testing and verifying, usually in two browsers um, or three if I'm trying to do like mobile stuff, you know, because mm-hmm. uh, like a, a, the code, the, the code that I use is still not like super mobile friendly. It doesn't like it's not built into it. I'm still kind of getting used to that. So I'm doing a lot of testing and previewing in multiple different scenarios. And like my th- my my third screen is usually for like email and stuff. And my fourth screen is usually for Discord, and Twitter. So I'm usually like doing all of this stuff at once. So at home, like the two screens, I always feel like I'm I'm a little like like missing, a little lackluster, you know, mm-hmm. not, not keeping up as much. So I wanted this, uh, I wanted to get an ultra wide monitor. I was like, I was gonna replace I had two 23 inch monitors. And I replaced them with one 34 inch ultra wide. And uh this has been incredible from from a podcasting editing stance. Now I can like drag the entire thing out wide and have like the entire screen, no bezel breaking anything or anything like that. Yeah. Um, coding the exact same situation. I have multiple windows that I can like scatter all over this thing in different, different ways. And then the gaming side, like keeping it focused to, to what the podcast is about. Um, I've never played a game in ultra wide. I don't even know how many games support that. Um, but the moment Dev said, well, Ori does, I was like, oh, I've got to play Ori like this. Now it's not 4K, it's 2K. Um, and I'm not exactly sure how much you would even notice the difference because I'm, I don't know, a foot away from it. <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. 12 right. inches between me and the screen. Um, but playing with the headphones, man, and this wide screen, I felt like it made playing Ori so much better because I could see so much of the level around Ori. 
from from like when you play like on a, on a TV. It's like I can see so far left and right. I can kind of peek on the other side of the wall, and I don't know. It, it felt great because Ori is a beautiful, gorgeous game. And uh, it is. Yeah, and and I played it with like um, they've got some settings on here, like a little click wheel, and you can go through it. And there's like a, there's an FPS setting, there's an RTS setting. And there's one setting that's just like vivid gamma, whatever, just like super bright everything. And I posted a picture of what it looked like. People were like, geez, because <laughs> like, it is really <laughs> vibrant. All these colors. I mean, they really pop off the screens like super bright. And um, it's the first game that I've ever sat down and beat finished complete on a PC. I don't think that I've ever sat down. I mean, wow. like maybe unless like you go back to like Sim Golf in like 1995 or something. I don't know mm-hmm. if there's a game that I've ever sat down as like I played the entire thing here. Well, I was going to accomplished. <laughs> I I was going to say you you're as you're saying all of this. I'm like, man, I remember like a year ago used to be like, I would never want to sit at my computer desk and play a game. That sounds horrible. I sit at the desk all day. But if you get your setup right. Being at work and being at home with a gaming setup, you know, is a little different. I was going to ask you with the monitor, because I've been looking at Ultra Ride because um, Dev, I think Dev remembers I was posting like, I got two monitors here. They're, you know, very cheap monitors, but I needed two for productivity reasons. Mm -hmm. But there's no good way to set up two monitors, really, because aesthetically speaking, they should be, you know, both one on one side or each mm-hmm. on either side, you know, not one in the middle and one off to the side. That looks weird. But for usability, that's how I have it. One right in the middle in front of me and then one on the side. And I hate that. It looks so bad. Like, it makes the whole desk setup look you crazy. Third for balance. You have exactly. That's what, it's, third monitor, honestly, that's what yeah. it feels like. I'm going to be like one of those crazy uh, flight simulator people who have like eight monitors around them just so they can feel like they're there. That's amazing. Um, It does. Um, So, yeah, I was looking at these ultra wide monitors. And my question to you is one thing I read was I noticed that people say that the height is a little bit it's a little bit shorter. You lose some of that verticality because of how Mm -hmm. wide it is. Do you notice any of that or is it kind of mitigated by the fact that I don't notice that at all? But my my monitors weren't like super tall or big to begin with. I had just Acer 23 inch standard displays <laughs> i think that's what i'm looking at you right now through as an ace yeah so you do lose some of the height because it narrows out the monitor and stretches it wider so you don't have your traditional like uh, ratios or whatnot so there your aspect ratios are going to be a, a little bit off um and just because the monitor is typically so big like if you go anything smaller than 34 that's when you kind of feel like it just doesn't look quite right so like mm-hmm. getting a like an ultra wide display that it just doesn't feel right so you want to go with the 34 or bigger to really be able to capture one like the ratios properly to where it doesn't feel like you're losing screen and also that ends up making it wide enough to where it kind of feels like you're encompassed instead of it just kind of being like this weird small curved thing in front of you um yeah my my work but, actually got some ultra wides like two or three years ago and i had a really bad experience with them because my boss was like Oh, Donnie's gonna love this, and he gave me this ultra wide, and I think it was like forty inches, and the resolution uh, was just all weird. Like all of the icons were like super big, and like I couldn't, I couldn't find like a wallpaper to like fit the screen right, and everything just looked weird. <laughs> everything looked blown up, and everything. And I was like, "This is terrible. I don't want this." Um, and I think it was just too early. Like it was too early on the technology, and Lord knows how much the government paid for that. <laughs> they probably <get> like <laughs> two grand or something for that monitor that I don't use. Um, but giving this one a try, 
um, it couldn't have been further like different. Like everything is very crisp and the resolution is is perfect. And yeah, so. more than likely that ultra wide that you have from work was a 1080p screen, and it just doesn't look right blown up that big when it's that when it's right in front of you. Yeah, 40 inches ultra wide at 1080p with a also a weird like vertical resolution is just it it just doesn't look right at all i kind of so the fact that you've got a 2k one is great do it i was thinking about it like i kind of want to watch like an ultra wide movie like this whole screen but like it's so individual like i'd be doing it in such solitary like just by myself you know that's the best way to watch movies what's the problem with that (laughs) because that's how i get pretty much all the movies i want to watch typically or the kids or something yeah, my, my, my family does not like my stuff. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I want you to watch something that has a lot of sound. So watch watch something on that monitor with the headphones and just enjoy. It's In an back. ultra-wide, you need like Panavision uh, ultra-wide <laughs> ratio so that it actually fills most of the monitor instead of just, you know, having those black bars and... Mm-hmm. It is really on the nice side, it's the letterboxed feeling. It is curved. They also have like, um, I don't know, it's, I don't know what the name of the setting is, but there's a setting where it's like easy on the eyes, like it kind of dims everything. So I've been, um, mm. I've been working from home for the past week, and I've had that on, and it's, I even messaged my boss, is like, I might need to get two of these for the work. <laughs> Throw that other one in the trash. <laughs> like I might need to get two of these for the office, one for both sides. I just will wrap my entire desk with two of these things. <laughs> um, what's the second Dark Knight movie? The Dark and Chris Nolan trilogy. Oh, you've got Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, the and Dark The Dark Knight, Knight Rises. Dark Knight. Watch The Dark Knight. Okay. On that screen, I've actually been because thinking about watching that trilogy again. I know. I saw yeah, that tweet, too. and then I thought about that because I remember when I first watched that movie um, on a 1080p screen, like an actual high definition screen. There are certain frames where it actually widens out and fills the screen, and then it goes back to black bar depending on what's going on. So that might be a good one just to test on that screen to see how much it actually fills up. If it fills up the entire screen, then for certain scenes goes back to the black bars. Okay. So the crazy thing uh, is I don't know how much of this I'll do because I still love my TVs, especially with like their backlighting and everything that I put on them. But I am now thinking that like I at least want to know if games support ultra wide. Especially like my Game Pass stuff, stuff I don't have to like like I don't think I would move a console to play it on this monitor. Like that just seems mm-hmm. like too much. But it, like, if Xbox, let's say, like, uh, Halo Infinite supports ultra wide, it should. I'll probably want to like download it and try it. I'm like, I'm gonna go see what it looks like on this monitor. A lot of times with the ultra wide stuff, it's the field of view setting. It's not necessarily an ultra wide mode. You can just change the field of view from going from like the narrow what we're used to to being able to widen it out. So now you can see more of what's going on around you instead of the classic like narrow. Type of, type of I started thinking about like I would love to play Forza on this monitor. That was yeah. like the first thing that I thought of was like, how great Forza would be if I could stretch out my 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 wide viewing angles on both left yeah. and right. Like, yeah. So I think going forward, there's going to be especially like I said with Game Pass. Unfortunately mm-hmm. for Lucas, my Game Pass application works beautifully. I still love that yeah. that app so and that my. story. <laughs> um, no, no issues. No issues here. So. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I, it's gonna be weird. Yeah, this this monitor setup might have uh, might have me playing more games here than I ever thought I would be. Uh, mission accomplished. That was that was definitely my hopes and dreams with you getting that monitor as well as the headphones to make you actually be like, wait a minute, sitting here and playing actually isn't so bad. <laughs> no, it, it really it was great. 
like Ori, the entire experience was very, very great. Very nice, very nice. So, any 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 new tech that you've gotten that you ready to, that you want to gush about at all, Lucas? Anything you got on the on the, on the horizon? Uh, maybe not gush, complain. <laughs> One thing I have on the horizon, <laughs> since we're talking about audio, is uh, I've really been I've lined it up so that I can finally complete my home theater uh, setup. So I've been dealing with. Uh, bookshelf speakers for my front speakers mm-hmm. in my setup, which mm-hmm. is fine. But you really, if you're an audio file, like I kind of consider myself to be like a budget audio file. Um, Cause I'm not going to go out and spend a thousand dollars on speakers, right. but there's, if you use bookshelf speakers for your fronts and then you have a subwoofer, it really feels like there's, kind of a, a weird shift where there's missing frequencies and then they're, they're not really missing, but the subwoofer is taking on too much of like the higher end of the low frequencies, like 120 Hertz, hundred mm-hmm. Hertz, like that area where the bookshelves can't really cover. And so you get kind of this overpowering bass feeling and then you try to turn it down and then you don't have as much bass as you wanted for other aspects. And so I really want to try some floor standing speakers. And so I have on the horizon uh, finally getting those, uh, the Sony, it's basically their entry level home theater system, SC3s or something or SC55s. It's a whole core audio series. They have basically everything, subwoofer, bookshelf speakers, center speaker, then the floor standing ones. And even Atmos speakers, if you want to do the ones where they point up at the uh, ceiling and then bounce Mm -hmm. back. But I was able to actually just wire up some crappy. um, I had some speakers (laughs) left over from one of those like home theater all in one box things where uh, you get the DVD player and then you get like five junky speakers, but the Atmos channel, you don't really need anything that can pump out bass or anything. You just need the treble to give you that feeling up there. So all that to say, and I'm sure we'll talk about this later by the looks of things uh, that I will be able to basically use that for all of my entertainment needs, whether it's video games, movies, you know, music, what have you. I've kind of routed all of my gaming systems to basically set up through the uh, audio video receiver, which has helped me uh, in so many ways from the Nintendo switch, which is very picky when it sees if it sees surround sound or not uh, to having my computer go through there and being able to play from my TV instead of sitting at the desk and playing with a mouse and keyboard. All of that stuff is it in your is it in your current office or is it upstairs with the TV and everything? Like, oh, it's in my it? office. <laughs> it's in my office. It's behind <laughs> me because my wife is like, I tried to hook up speakers in, and and uh, have like an audio bar and everything, and she's like, I hate that thing. That stupid subwoofer sitting on the floor right there it just looks ugly. And jeez, I'm like, I'm like, yeah. I, I can't hear anything though. the The TV audio is so tinny that it gets lost, especially when you have wood floors and very echoey room. It it doesn't really translate well. So, at least oh, that's my man. feeling. I, I, you, you just spoke to me because I have the same issue. Like, I can't stand just regular speakers. My wife doesn't want a whole setup. She's like, mm-hmm. I don't want to see the subwoofer. I don't want to see this. I don't want to see that. Well, it's like you're not gonna let me buy anything that's gonna let me really hide the stuff the way I'd want to. Yeah, I can so cut holes in the wall. <laughs> like, 
I can I can do that, but you're not going to allow me. She won't even let me mount the TV. She's like, no, you're not mounting it on the wall. You're just going to put it on the All like, the well, crap that you've okay. given me about my TV and yours isn't mounted? Yeah. yeah. Metal. That's why he's giving you crap, because he yeah. wants to. He's like, he's yeah, I, I told you, I have to live you. vicariously through you. My TV would rip the wall down, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, my <laughs> wife's like, no, we're not, we're not mounting it. We don't need to do that. I'm like, <sighs> if you've never mounted a TV before, it's kind of scary. Like, I was I've waiting mounted, after I did it, like waiting for it to fall. At my old house, I paid a company to mount it over the fireplace. The problem is with the fireplace we have now, it's not really like the center of the room. Like oh. uh, it would alienate a couch. So really in, the, in our living room, the only place for the TV is where it is. And it is on this like giant wall. We just basically oh. just have like this 13 foot like plain nothing's on it wall like at the <laughs> end of the room. Um, mm-hmm. So we put the TV there. Um, but like our house is somewhat like self-built. <laughs> like it's, you know, I don't want to say it's old because in other parts of the country, like 1985 is definitely not an old house. Like if you're from yeah, the Northeast and stuff true, like that, yeah. but for in Georgia, it's considered old and like wiring and things that we've already ran into in, in this house, like are, are an issue. And I would hate, I would hate to try and put this on the wall because we've already discovered that like our, um, our, our, our studs and things are not code, you know, there's mm. something like there's, <laughs> so I, I have no faith, no faith. I, I just feel like I'd be opening up Pandora's by the time it's done. I'd have to redo the wall. <laughs> well, I don't. I hung my TV in a. Our house is from 1930s. Yeah. So if you can imagine, there's like one outlet for every room. That's yeah. been our Luke, biggest problem. Lucas, you're like super handyman. Like you build shelves. I <laughs> no, no, I, no, I agree with you. Stuff. Yeah. Like, didn't he like remodel his cabinets and everything? Like, there were pictures where he was yeah. actually tearing the drywall out of the. See, that's where I would quit. The exactly. moment somebody's like, "You need a saw," I'm like, "I'm out." Like, I, if if I can do it with a hammer and a nail. I can, I'm your guy. The moment you're like, all right, I need you to measure. I'm done. I'm when there's irreversible damage being done and you're like, I don't know if I can get back from these steps. Nope. Like I've got holes in the wall, but how, where do I go from here? I will leave it on the TV stand. <laughs> like I'm, and that's where I become Dev's wife. It's like, it's fine. It's totally mm-hmm. fine right here. Yeah. Plus the backlights hide all of it. Right. So like you just turn all the lights off. And you turn the backlights on and that giant empty wall that I was talking about lights up with color. Yeah, it's honestly, it it's good. like having a theater screen or something. It looks amazing. Yeah. So pretty cool. Pretty cool. Um, lastly, going back to the HDR thing. So I w- I've told you guys about the Doom thing where oh, it wasn't working God. with AMD. It was driver related. I don't know what the deal was. They even put out a driver. AMD put out a driver as the, as both companies do in um, response to new games being released. They want to make mm-hmm. sure you get that extra 5%. It's always like 5% increase. It, it's like, really? Are you going to feel that in any situation? No, probably not. Um, unless the game somehow breaks your drivers, then it's not really that big of a deal. But I downloaded them. They're always optional for AMD, mm-hmm. at least. It always feels optional to download them. So I'm like, these aren't even tested yet. So no wonder why they don't work half the time. So I, I did everything I was supposed to do and I get into Doom Eternal and it's not working for HDR and I'm, I'm checking it out and people are reporting the same problems. It's kind of intermittent whether or not it works for people. Some NVIDIA users were even having issues. So then I wondered, is it the game? What's going on? Well, yeah, I so, uh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I'm happy to report that it works now after their, uh, it was like driver 20.1.4 where I was at 20.1. 1.3 so really the minor they basically released it to to fix this problem 
So it works now. And I will say it is a very good example of HDR in a game because as soon as you have it on, um, I know Resident Evil 2, the remake, had like a calibration screen but it was for your HDR. But it was kind of confusing because there was this slider and it sort of told you where it was supposed to go. But it also was kind of based on how you like what you want it to look like as well. And uh, it never really told you what was really going That's on. That's like how all of the console games do it. Like yeah. almost everyone that I have, they run the always like, look, thing. look at this picture and set it to just before it's barely visible or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, no, then I can't see anything. Yep. Uh, Doom Eternal has a very good uh, system where you are in control of maybe a little bit too much as far as it as far as HDR configuration goes. So I am happy that it works now. And I will say there is a huge difference. I always feel like HDR removes a contrast layer. You know, when you take pictures yeah. with your phone and you start messing with it and then you compare it to before you put the filters on, you're mm -hmm. like, wow. How do I, how can I stand these awful pictures without putting Instagram filters on? They look terrible. Uh, that's kind of what it feels like. But uh, yeah, it, uh, it works now. It was worth it. I can finally play the game and uh, enjoy all this crap that I bought that seems like it's more of a pain than, than it's worth sometimes. So when it works, it's good. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that's why we're here. Yeah, when pretty much. Saying? Yeah. All on the said, like, uh, makes, makes my head hurt. <laughs> Like, I hate all of that. <laughs> you would have given up already. Mm. I should. I don't up. know. I don't know if he would. Think about all he did to, to, to basically hack his VR system. Oh, we're Johnny, about to talk about true. it. Johnny that's likes true. to troubleshoot some mm, stuff. I really don't. I really don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on the NVIDIA side, they had their game-ready driver for Alex, and that broke Doom. So I had to downgrade. Did it really? Oh, man. It broke Doom. When you would get into areas where you had a lot of motion, which pretty much that's all Doom. Everywhere. It, yeah. would, make, <laughs> it would make the screen go. It would flash, basically. It would go black and back to back. It was, it was irritating. Oh, At first, I thought it was hell? maybe my graphics card overheating. I thought maybe my CPU was overheating. But no, it was none of that. It was just that the driver that they released to update for Alex broke Doom. So I had to just downgrade. And we're good. Jeez. Viva la console. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes, yeah. I mean, sometimes yeah. it does feel nice just to boot up the game and play. Not even, like, yeah, play not even the game that you anything. bought. Yeah, it's what yeah. a novel concept. But only yeah. when I'm having so many difficulties getting something to work. Yeah, I think this is the second game that I've had an irritating issue. The first one was um, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Oh my god! Oh yeah, but that thing was broken on everything. I've listened to Flexipose for years. I mean, this is not like a new thing. This is every week thing. Like this happens. Well, that's because <laughs> he goes A and B. This is this is that's the issue. Like I don't have anywhere near the issues that Lucas has. When I hear Flexipose and like him and his gaming. So I'm like, oh my god. I think what it really is is I just play so many games, a plethora of games, if you will, and. Uh, just because I'm experiencing so much that it, you're, you know, statistically speaking, you're bound to. I just think uh, you're like an expert on playing traps. the settings of these games. I think they should bring you in <laughs> as like a UI designer and stuff. When, like when you have to go into the actual folder of the game and open an uh, INI, then you know that it's a problem. That's what yeah. it gets to be like too much. I'm like, okay, I can do the in-game setting screen, but now I'm looking for the installation path and everything. Gets See, now you're just much. a modder. You might as well just go ahead and get <laughs> mod life and start creating mods for Half-Life, right. Skyrim, and everything else. That's right. Release my own games at that point, and then everyone can, everyone else can complain my games don't work. 
and that they Half-Life. hate them. So speaking of Half-Life, both of you have played Half-Life, Alex. And um, I've heard nothing but really, really good things about the game. Um, and you guys are both playing it on different systems. So I'd really like to get you guys' take on it. Is this going to be what takes VR to the next level? Is this like the experience we were waiting to be like, okay, VR is here. And then is it worth the investment? Lucas, how, how much have you played? Uh, boy, not as much as I would like to have probably three or four hours. I'm in chapter five. Okay. You're farther than me, but not by much. Okay, I good. don't think. So we won't talk too much story. I think chapter five, I want to say, I think I'm like halfway through, but I'm not, I'm not certain on that. I feel like I am. I've played it. Um, uh, like I can echo Lucas Cinemas. The first time I played it, I played it for like three hours straight, which is probably mm-hmm. the longest I've ever played VR in one sitting. Wow. Last night I played it for a couple more hours. Um, just straight. And it is, it, it is uh, to give the game some credit, it is very easy to play. Um, so once you get into it, um, it's very easy to stay in and kind of keep progressing and keep playing. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I'm playing on Oculus Quest. I'm playing wirelessly on Oculus Quest, which oh. is not supported. Um, mm. So let me tell you a little Look bit about you. this experience that I went through. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> okay. Um, so the Quest supports playing Rift and Oculus games via a cable that you can plug into your PC if your PC can run the game locally, which was a big part of me buying the PC that I did because it can. Mm-hmm. So I have this giant um, USB-C cable that I got off of Amazon, which is basically the same thing as a link. It's not the link cable because the link cable wasn't available, um, but it's from Anchor, which I have a lot of like their battery packs and stuff like that. They're, they're yeah, good. that's a decent. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it worked. Like when I first bought it, uh, I, I, I played um, Saints and Sinners that way and I played golf that way and like it worked um, until Alex. <laughs> like when, I, when Alex came out, I would go plug it in and I could boot in and I would go um, to the Oculus Link beta and it would freeze. Like the moment I did it, it would freeze. Oh, wow. And uh, I just so happened to be in the Flux Deposed kind of weekend hangout. I actually joined the hangout to get to Lucas. I, I get in there. I was like, where the hell is Lucas? <laughs> that didn't work out. And he wasn't there. And I was like, damn, I got to do this myself. I was dying on the couch. I was like, ah. So, I wanted to be there. Um, ultimately, to save a lot of troubleshooting stories, I think what it came down to is I think it was the extender. So uh, when I removed the extension and I plugged the cable straight in, it started working again. I didn't realize that until after I'd already kind of went down this other road. Oh. Uh, um, so I think it was the extender. So the cable still works. Um, but even the problem, and I, I said this with Saints and Sinners, my problem is I really don't like the cable, period. Like the once you play Quest, you kind of never want to be tethered. Like the, having the freedom to move and then not, it really ruins, or for me, it really ruins the experience. Because I'm always worried that like I'm going to flail my arm and throw the link cable off the headset or something. Yeah. You know, like it's always a thing. And even when I had PlayStation VR, I always felt the same way with Beat Saber and stuff. The cord kind of draped near the floor and you're moving around, you're moving your feet. And I was always looking at like my kids are going to step on it and rip the thing out. Yeah, I agree. Also, like being corded, you're always aware of it. So I start diving around the Internet um, and I realized that there are there are solutions to playing Quest wirelessly that I've never investigated. And I've known about them, but because I don't like troubleshooting things, because I don't like breaking things without being able to fix them, I was like, I'm not going to do this. The problem is I bought Alex. Like, I spent $60 this game I could not play. I was super mm-hmm. pissed. I was like, I need to play. The, like, I 
what am I going to do? I'm not going to buy this link cable. I'm not paying $60 for Alex and $60 for a cable, you know, to play a game with a cable I don't want to play anyway. So I start my dog's are barking. Sorry, guys. Um, Your feet hurt? <laughs> terrible joke. I'm sorry. The <laughs> uh, bad jokes. Okay. So I start Googling and I start YouTubing and I come across this YouTuber who has a lot of VR tutorials. He's like, here's how to play Oculus or here's how to play Alex with your Oculus Quest wirelessly. Um, Lucas, are you familiar with these setups? No, because I mean, I haven't I haven't really investigated it because I assume we're not there yet as far as because I'm on the Oculus. Rift, oh, we totally so. are like it like it totally works. So, so like ultimately really? what I can tell you is I'm never going to not play a game like this ever again. Um, but oh, it wow. does take some weird setup. I'm not weird. Yeah. It actually wasn't too bad. It took some weird discovery. Right. If I had all of the information in like one condensed, like you could set this up in 30 minutes. It's really not that hard. Wow. Okay. Um, so I'm listening. through the power of streaming dev, just like Stadia and Amazon and everything else, like you can do this. So here's what happens. You have to buy an app on the Oculus Quest called Virtual Remote Desktop, like VR Desktop. It's $20 on Quest. I think I might have this already, actually. There you go. So you buy the app, then you go to a website called vrdesktop.net or whatever, and you download uh, a PC installer. And what it does is it ties your PC, um, your Oculus Quest PC username to your Quest uh, like IP address, like headset, and it lets you okay. stream things back and forth. So that was the mm. first step. Um, the hard part that I did not realize that took me like two hours to figure out, I actually joined the VR desktop discord and was talking to their people trying to figure <laughs> out what I wasn't doing right was apparently in the Oculus um, program, like the launcher, you have to add a rift. Like you can't, it doesn't know the quest, like the quest can't oh. do this natively. So what essentially what's happening is VR desktop is tricking Oculus and steam VR and thinking you have a rift through its connector. That's how it does it. It's not the, so wow. I had the quest the whole time and it wasn't working. So you add the rift to the quest. It still wasn't working. Like I still couldn't get the connection. What did I have to do? Obviously I had to turn off my firewall. So that took another 30 <laughs> minutes of trying to figure that yeah. out as well. Um, so I had to do all of these things. And then the moment that I got it working and uh, I was in front of um, um, Tom Servo and, and Jason, when it happened, it was amazing. Like I put my headset on, um, I click the VR desktop app, the launcher opens It'll connect automatically. It searches for it. Once it connects, you'll have a button that'll say launch uh, Steam VR. Or mm -hmm. you'll have a games thing where you can click on games and it'll automatically launch your games. There's also another program called Revive that you can run on your computer and point it to your library. And what it will do is it'll let you launch your Oculus games through Steam VR so you never have to boot up different things in your computer. Right? Like nice. you can just put on the headset and go play the game and the game will launch. It'll nice. find on your computer, wherever it is, and it'll launch it. So here's the thing that I have to report. And I have no idea if my monitor makes it better or worse or, or how any of that works to other experiences. I only have my one experience. The VR snap resolution to my headset is perfect. It looks crystal clear. Um, it's not like wonky. It's not fuzzy. It's not, you know, like it's not like the resolution is off long. It looks like I'm playing the game natively. Mm -hmm. I have not run into any issues streaming the game at all. I have not run into not one bit of, of slowdown or stuttering or anything like that at all. Now, I do have 200 gigabyte in, uh, internet, 
and I have a 5.5 gigahertz band. So obviously I put the Oculus on the band and I put my computer on the same band and I'm streaming it all of two feet away from the PC. You know, right. so it's not like I'm in another room in the house trying to do anything. So I'm right, right. here. But the uh, it, it it sounds like a lot, but once you once you're set up, so turn on per, turn on the Oculus, turn on the PC, boot up the app, make sure they connect, click game, game loads, five minutes. I'm playing Oculus Quest wirelessly, and I have played Saints and Ten- Sinners wirelessly. I've played golf wirelessly. I've played um, Alex wirelessly, and I've played Alex the entire time this way. I'm five hours into Alex. I've been playing it completely wireless the entire time. Wow. And um, I don't feel like there's any lag on my controls. I move the guns and everything around in real time. Like, I feel like I'm playing it natively. I think it looks great. So I'm, I'm, I'm more open to buying Rift and Oculus games now that don't run on Quest. Like, I'm, I'm just now going to start buying them more. Um, so nice. I'm excited because the uh, steam has a lot of sales on the VR stuff where Oculus stuff is still very pricey. Like they charge a premium mm-hmm. on Oculus. So I'm looking to get more into the steam VR stuff. Um, so I'm very excited with the setup and I'm happy I did this. And because I did it, um, I also know, know how to do like beat saber, like hacks. So like, for example, uh, I should have said this from the beginning, like the whole point of this VR desktop is you have to sideload it. So oh, you have yeah. to buy it, but then you have to also download side quest, which is a side loader. Um, and it's very easy. Um, it sounds like a lot. It's not. Um, you download the program, you run it. It's like a launcher, basically. It launches like a store. And then when you plug in your VR headset, you have to tell it to allow like USB con- config. And there's all the, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm giving you like short version of this. You've got to set it in dev mode and go do an account and everything like that as well. There's mm-hmm. YouTube videos. Um, Anybody who's used to using an Android phone should be aware of all of this. <laughs> yeah. So I go into SideQuest and uh, I just go and grab the BMBF and I go grab the, the SideQuest loader and you just put it on the file drive and it runs it for you. You know, automatically installs it and refreshes everything. Um, so I've put like 250 modded Beat Saber songs on the Quest natively. I'm not playing those wirelessly through my computer. They're just there. They're a part of the game now. So we can take our Oculus Quest anywhere, and I have this giant library of custom songs. Nice. So, which is super fun because um, we love the Beat Saber. Issue with that, though, is um, all the people that are making Beat Saber songs are really, really good at Beat Saber. <laughs> so all the songs are, like, really hard. Even, like, the normal difficulty is, like, a step up from the difficulty that me and the family have been playing at a bit. So I had to go back through my library and kind of go focus on songs that were made with, like, easy modes um, so the kids and that stuff can still play. Um, but uh, we were we were killing that the other night. But back to – sorry, I want to give you the long run of how I set up oh, Alex. Yeah. Back to Alex. Um, like I said, I'm through Chapter 5. I just finished Chapter 4 last night, and I started to play Chapter 5. I was like, I'm just going to kind of pause here. It's a good good point to stop at. Um, I really, really like it as as a game, um, although I feel like – and I feel like this is – I'm not saying this is a, definitely not warranted. I feel like this is spot on because of what it is. But I feel like it's getting um, like an extra amount of push because it's a VR game, whereas if it was playable on console, I don't think people would be so highly on it. I think that's a big part of, of kind of the fervor because what I've played so far isn't um, – I'm not really seeing anything that's that's like really surprising me. I guess is the best mm-hmm. way to put it. Like I, I I expected about what I got. It's it's a very good looking game. Um, the VR aspect does work well, and and how you move and and the the gimmicks that it, it has, I think, are good. Um, but it's like playing Dead Space. Um, 
you know, it's very similar type of experience, um, which is kind of what I was expecting. So, you know, from that, it's kind of a corridor shooter. You know, you're walking through hallway, through hallway, through hallway. I think the coolest things about it that I like from the VR sense are the little mini puzzles that it has. It has these hologram puzzles, which are oh, yeah. really, really cool. And I've never really done anything like that in VR yet. Maybe I haven't experienced them. Um, but they're like these mod machines and these doors and these puzzles. And they're basically like side quests. You don't have to do them. But if you do them, you usually get uh, more ammo, more resin. You'll get upgrades, right? And you'll get little boosts like the doors unlock. So you've got this little tool, um, like this laser wrench type thing. And you open up a puzzle. And the puzzle will be like um, – I'm trying to think. So it's like thinking like Iron Man, right? Like when you're watching an Iron Man movie and like he he opens up Jarvis and like all these holograms and everything start mm-hmm. popping up there. It's like that. So you'll uh-huh. open up this puzzle and like this giant globe will appear in front of you and you can move the globe with your hand. Like you can spin it, um, but you have to like connect the dots or you'll have to uh, match up like colors. Like it'll show you the colors before and then the colors will go away and you've got to rematch them up with your laser wrench. Or the one that you uh, the one that I like a lot is the hologram puzzles. All of these dots will appear like around you, and you'll have to drag the dot that has the lines to where you like make a constellation. You've got to connect them all at the same time. Yeah, it's very spatial. Yeah, because you're, so, you're not just going left, right, up, down. You're going in and out too. Yes, so it's, it's a very depth. spatial depth. Yeah, exactly. Um, and oh, then the awesome. the other one is like circuits. So you'll come to like these locked doors where you can highlight oh, yeah. the laser wrench through like a wall. And you can trace the circuit and you're basically making a circuit. You've got these these switches that you can turn inside the wall so you can like turn it and it'll, you know, connect the circuit and you can turn, you know, like laser doors and stuff on and off and things like that. Um, so those are like really, really neat. And I think they, they do add a bit of variety to the standard gameplay. Uh, the gunplay is fantastic. I think it's uh, the accuracy um, that I'm, that I'm finding, even streaming the game that I'm finding is spot on. Uh, yesterday I got into a gunfight at the end of chapter four, um, where I had these folks come out. Um, there's about four of them. Um, they came out and they were shooting at me with machine guns from all different directions. And I basically like, uh, I, I sat down in my chair. So I've been playing the game standing up a lot, which, um, I do want to talk about a little bit, but I found that like, if you sit in the chair, it's basically like crouching. So I sat in the chair so I could get behind cover and I just have like this little gun, like handgun. And I was just lining up like headshots, like just perfectly with my laser sight pop. And there's one and I'd go to the other one and pop. There's two. And I was like, this Wait, is really good. Why don't you just crouch? How do you crouch? Do you mean like, like crouch? Physically crouch. Yeah. So here's the thing. And that's one thing about the VR that I don't know how much, like I don't like standing and playing for three, four hours at a time. Yeah, that's right. understandable. You know, right, so yeah. it's like, uh, especially like, uh, this is weird. I know this is going to sound stupid, but I've, I've said this before, so I'll just own it. Um, my basement floor is concrete. There's no nothing on the floor. Yeah. So when I, I play tile, VR, so. I have to put on shoes. Yep. <laughs> like, I can't sit here and stand barefoot for two or three hours. It makes my feet hurt. I completely agree there. So I, I usually roll out my, my chair and, uh, you know, like I'll, I'll go back and forth. If I'm like really into like an action scene, I might stand up. Cause I want to have like more field of view, but if I'm just like walking through the hallways or something, I might just sit down and kind of click through the hallways and stuff like that. Doesn't that mess with your, cause you get, you'll be shorter then I guess. I don't know. That, like crouching. Like yeah. you said, like, like don't, why not crouch? I kind of do. I just sit down and now I'm yeah. crouching and you can still move. <laughs> just seems like you'd be kind of the wrong height. You know, you know what I mean? Like you get, no, I, I didn't, 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 I didn't,
I didn't have an issue. Like yeah, I was, exactly. you know, I guess in your mind, if you know, you're crouching, or I was like basically and... like perfect height to like hide behind one of those barrels, you know? So like, I kind of got down. Like, I my... see, I see a game, a game website typing up an article that says, uh, half-life Alex broken by a chair. And then it's just going to be about how easy the game is. If you just sit down in a chair. So this is what you've done. I hope you're happy. <laughs> So, um, so with, with that, I want to get Lucas in here, but, uh, yeah, I, I've been enjoying it. I've been playing it for quite a bit. I'm looking to finishing it. Um, I think playing saints and sinners might have, um, taken like some of the novelty off of how good it is because I've kind of seen another VR game be, I want to say as good with regards to visuals and combat. Like triple A experience. Yeah. That, that's mm-hmm. another thing that I've seen is a lot of people are like, this is finally the triple A experience VR needs. And my, my immediate reaction to them is like, well, did you play Saints and Sinners? Because like how you use the backpack and how you load the guns and all the things that people are talking about, you do all of that in Saints and Sinners. So I was going to say, I've, pl- I've done that in other games that aren't even, you know, triple A with the backpack and everything. Yeah. So that wasn't really not you know at that point it wasn't mind-blowing it was just like it made sense yeah it does the one gimmick that the game does that is really really cool are these damn glove like grappling things that you do where essentially you have like force powers where you can point at anything in the level and flick it to you and catch yeah, the it. flick system yeah that's really um, cool the only thing that i don't like about that lucas and one of the one question i saw this is how i'll get you in the conversation one of the things that I wanted to do with that that I haven't figured out or haven't done well is I would really love to like flick something, grab it, and then hit somebody with it. And oh. it's that using a melee, like that's not working. Um, like I've thrown things at people, but like sometimes they're like these sticks. They kind of look like yardsticks, like metal, like rulers and things like that. But every yeah. time I flick them and hold them, they always hold them in like weird angle. They never like hold it into like a weapon. Yeah, I've noticed that too. Even when you don't flick things, when you go to pick stuff up, like for instance, I was messing with a chair and just trying to see if I could push it under a desk. And every time I grabbed it, it was like, you're grabbing it in the most, you know, you're not grabbing it like you would in real life. Right. You grab it. It's like sideways. You're just like, what is, yeah. What is, why are you doing this? I don't want to, you know, pick it up this way. Yeah. I've ran into that. I haven't tried to use anything as a melee weapon though. So like when you get in close combat, it would be. Uh, help. Can you still hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So when you get into close combat, it would be helpful if you could like push or like create some space without just like running away. Yeah, that's true. Uh, what movement are you using? Teleport or continuous? I didn't know that there was continuous. Can you turn that on? Yeah, you can turn continuous uh, walking and continuous uh, turning. Is it always on? Oh, wow. I didn't yeah, know like that. I'm I'm moving around like a normal video game where you just use the thumbstick to move. Oh wow, no, that's that's new to me. I I was doing um I was I got to turn that on because I've been doing the teleporting. Yeah, I hate the teleporting. That's why I didn't. I thought the teleporting. I think the teleporting in this is better than I've ever seen teleporting. Like it's it really hasn't bothered me. I do feel mm-hmm. um I feel fast. Like that's one good thing that I feel about teleporting is I think the the distance and the snappiness of it, I feel like I can move somewhat freely, but yeah, I think I would prefer not to do it if I could. Well, like you said, you're snapping through these hallways and everything. And I'm thinking it's, it's almost about the pace that you would normally walk maybe a little bit faster. Otherwise you'd get bored. But uh, to me, it's the perfect pace because you don't feel like you're just suddenly on a rocket ship when you were standing still five seconds ago. But uh, 
yeah, when you were like, I'm just flicking through all these hallways. And I'm like, that's why I said, don't you feel like you're too short when you're walking around? Because like I find when I'm doing that, when I'm just walking, I will investigate things like, oh, look at these pipes that are steaming and, you know, that I would never do in a normal game where I just run right past it to get to the next zombies or whatever. But here I just feel like such a sense of immersion that I stop and look at things that I normally wouldn't do in other games. Sure. That's why I was like, man, you're flicking through so fast. I surprised because you are like limited. You can't run or anything. There's no uh, press this to start running button. Yeah. Which does become when you need to backpedal and, and stuff is kind of a problem because you're only going so fast. So and, and the, I was going to ask cool. you, so with the with the um, teleporting, you can basically just hit back and you can always like take a step back. So anytime I, I, mm. I teleport too close to a wall or something, it's just as simple as flicking down and you take like a foot step back. Uh, okay. That's a so good system. Then. Like, doesn't give you like any kind of like weird motion sickness or anything. It feels nice and smooth. And I have not had really any issues it. with that at all. Nope. It's kind of like you blink and you're there. Yeah. Like there's no movement. So you just kind of like, there and you it are. Does feel, there you are. So sometimes you'll get in like more open areas and get outside of the hallway. And in those battles, um, I honestly feel like maybe the teleporting is almost an advantage versus like having a constant motion on the thumbstick because I can have like the zombie come near me and like just in an instant, I can just flick myself like to the left or to the right, like six, 12 feet. You know, I can just like, and, and if you like, I feel like as you get accustomed to it, sometimes I can like, I'll look in a direction and I'll flick myself, you know, 20 yards with like three clicks. I'll just go click, click, click. And I'm, I'm all over here now. You know, so yeah. I've created some space quickly and I didn't have to like run and then like turn around or anything like that. Oh man, it makes me want to play Dishonored in VR. I, you know, <laughs> so Alex is a lot like Dishonored. That, that's another game that I would kind of comp it towards. It feels a lot like Dead Space. It kind of feels like Dishonored, especially in those open areas. Um, and I might feel that way because of the way I'm teleporting, because that's not, that's a pretty good comp to how I feel like when I'm playing the game. So I do kind of feel like it's Dishonored-ish. Yeah. I could see that. The, what is it? Blink in Dishonored that mm -hmm. you used to do? Because even when you're moving continuously, you can't jump. So you still have to blink to or <laughs> teleport to jump over, uh, you know, if you have to go inside oh, through a window or something like that. Yeah. yeah, it's not great, but I guess the alternative, the way you climb ladders is with your hands. I would have figured if they could make it so those ledges were the same way. Are you doing the ladders where you, you use the hands to go up and down the ladders? Yeah. So when I'm doing the teleporting, all I do is I look at the ladder and I just hold it forward and it just puts me at the top of the ladder. Goes up. That's what happens when I go down a ladder. Okay. So, yeah. Otherwise, you're just going boop, 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 boop yeah. like that, which is kind of weird because you get to the top and all of a sudden it's just like, whoop, I'm standing up, uh, <laughs> which is strange feeling. But uh, I will say this, like to me, I've said this in other, uh, in when I've talked about it in other podcasts. It is a really good example of a game that we should have got right off the bat. You know, this is the halo that we probably should have got when this, uh, when VR was released, not super lucky's tale or, or whatever. Um, I don't think it's going to change anyone's mind who has made up their mind and said, I think VR is stupid. You know, I don't think it's going to blow anybody away and be like, oh, what I'm missing. What have I been missing? It might some people, but for those really determined people who think it's stupid and have no, uh, no uh, desire to, to do VR, then I don't think it's going to change anyone's mind. But that said, when you put on the VR uh, helmet and you play this game and yeah, it's not 
like like if you took this game out of VR, I don't think it would blow anyone's mind other than oh another Half-Life game. The way that VR works and the way that you put yourself in and you're the one doing the aiming, you're not just pointing your mouse at something, um, you know, something as simple as head crabs now become uh, much more threatening because it's up to your actual ability to turn around, point your weapon at, at uh, the head crab, be able to track it with your actual shooting ability for the most part. Mm -hmm. um, I think it changes those mundane things that we get used to. And because having played Black Mesa, you know, you see another head grab crab, you're like, all right, time to get the crowbar out. You know, it's not really a big deal. Uh, whereas here, you get a couple head crabs and a couple of zombies or whatever. Yeah, and you're stressed. You can be overrun. Yeah, mm -hmm. especially when you have to physically reload items and stuff or weapons, especially because you don't have a melee weapon. Yeah, so yeah. you're reloading and they're like jumping at you from all different directions. You can get in a sticky situation. Yeah, they could have done an easy out and had you be able to do like a gravity blast and, and create space for yourself. But I think it might be better that they didn't because it that sense of urgency would be gone mm -hmm. if you just could press a button and just hadouken people away or whatever. Um, <laughs> it does make me I, use um, – so in a lot of the combat areas, they're like fuel tanks kind of strewn around yeah and you can like propane yeah yeah and i use them quite a bit um so it does make me like take notice and use the environment yeah same here i i go looking for them because not only does it help you conserve ammo but it's just cool when you see <laughs> when you see all these people just yeah. blow up everywhere um but i think that the reviews are worth it i i do think it is a good vr experience i think if you took it out like Donnie was saying, I don't know how, I don't think people, I bet people would be disappointed that this was the next Half-Life game. Right. But for the more majority of people and for most VR enthusiasts, I think they will be glad that this hopefully sets us on a path for more games like this that will only get better now that we see, okay, this is the bar that we're here to hit. Let's do this. Let's do this bar and then let's add some stuff to it and make it that much better. And it's only, it's unfortunate that it took us this long and that valve had to step in because I mean, they've made plenty of great games, you know, but it's unfortunate. It took the revival of half-life to be like, okay, let's get people talking about VR again before it just disappears into novelty. So that's how I feel about it anyway. Hmm. I do agree that it's one of the best VR games I've played. Um, so like not really caring what the review scores are saying. I think it's one of the best VR games I've played, but I also, I, I, I don't feel like it's not like a revelation compared to like saints and sinners or blood and truth or, um, things like that. You know, I'm not like, Oh my God, this is, you know, it's not like I'm not having it's breath of the wild horizon halo, you know, like crazy experiences where I'm like, you've got to play it. You know, it's not like that mad rush kind of thing for me. It's not like the first time I put on the VR headset, having never donned one before, you know, it didn't blow me away in the sense that that did, but it's just a solid game. Maybe it will though. I haven't finished the end of the story either, you know, so I, yeah, I'm kind me of either. joining the story. So maybe like it has like some, you know, climatic ending or some sort of crescendo that really gets crazy. Um, yeah, so I do think it would have been fun to have more of the platforming. Um, five chapters in, the one thing that um, I feel like is I feel like you're just doing a lot of um, similar things so far. You know, it's like hallways, um, similar enemies, and then like when you get into these areas, they've got these uh, – I don't even know what they're called, but they've got these things that, like hang down like this tongue, and you can't, like, oh, yeah, you can't, can't walk into it. They'll grab you, so you have to get very precise with how you walk around them. 
Um, and that's kind of like, I don't know. I've done that a little bit too much already. I'm like, okay. Yeah. So I can see that. Half-Life Alex. Solid yeah. VR game. Oh, it's a great VR game. It does a lot of the same stuff as other games that you're not, if you're not aware of a same. it does it better. You know, like it does it better. Like, don't get me wrong. It's very fun as a, like, as I love Dead Space. So if you're like, man, why won't they make another Dead Space? Half-Life Alex, kind of it. Like, maybe you should, yeah. if you really like Dead Space or Alien, like there's a lot of that in here. Mechanically um, speaking, it's very similar to things that have been released yep. before. So you can have a lot of fun there. And, and, and like it, the, I've been in some tense situations where it's dark and you can't see, and you've got like that left for dead where I'm only looking via flashlight and I've got yeah. folks coming from different directions. Like, I don't mean to sound like I'm not, I'm really high on the game. Like I said, I think it's, it's probably the best VR game that I've played. So it is very, very good. So as somebody like on the bubble thinking about getting into VR do you think that this would be something that would put them over the edge? And is it worth the investment to get into VR if, you know, you're looking to get into it? Not on its own. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't recommend anybody get VR for one thing. But if you're excited about VR, um, because you have, if there's more than, there's three things you're excited to play in VR, whatever they are, like Beat Saber yep. or whatever. Racing. I was going to say, like, if you're into, like, racing simulators or something like that, you've got plenty to choose from here. Yeah. So if this is just one of those things that you can add into that hat, there's a handful of things you want to try, then I think at the quest level of entry, if you do the things that I'm talking about that I've done to set up, then I think it's, I mean, I don't feel any buyer's remorse in my VR purchase at all. That's the question. I'm three or $400 investment into this and I love it. I think it's fantastic. Um, So. All right. I agree. Very cool. Maybe, uh, the stimulus money, I may give me some VR. Who knows? That's <laughs> what it's stimulating your eyeballs with that VR. It's so sad we get the stimulation because of the people who are losing their jobs and everything. Everything that I've seen is just like, I'm going to buy an Xbox. I'm going to buy PS5 money. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Uncle Sam. Best <laughs> uncle I've ever had. <laughs> All right. So moving along. So last, last show, we talked a lot about the Xbox and like its specs because they were revealed. Um, recently, we actually got a the deep dive into the architecture of the PS5 from Mark Cerny. It was the uh, Mark Cerny ASMR show. Um, and then Eurogamer, I believe, this past week actually had an interview with him where they went a little bit deeper into it. Um, while we're not going to get too far into the weeds there, I did want to talk a little bit about the PS5 from a technical a technical aspect. Um, it does have you know less power than the X. Um, it does have this supposedly ridiculous game-changing SSD hard drive. It's supposed to be a little more like agile as far as the way it performs compared to like the brute force that the X is, is coming in. Yeah, it's supposed to be way more efficient than just throwing all it basically American muscle versus like Japanese ingenuity or whatever. So you've yeah. got your muscle cars and your sports cars, basically. Like you're looking at that kind of comparison. And then Mark Cerny spent a lot of time talking about audio, even though, you know, the Xbox also has a lot of dedicated stuff towards audio. Um, did either you, I know, Donnie, you you definitely looked at some of this. Did you get to look at any of this stuff at all? Um, Lucas, did you, did you look at it? Yeah, at all? I was looking at some of it. A lot of it kind of went over my head when they were talking about the way that it's, uh, the way that it 
balances GPU and CPU and wasted mm-hmm. processing cycles and stuff. Like I got like the overarching story here, but then it got really technical and I was like, wow, I feel like I'm in a class on how to build yeah. PS5s or whatever. That's, that's every Mark Cerny public mm-hmm. appearance. Well, good. I mean, he sounds like he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> well, apparently he's a genius. Like that's yeah, everybody's, yeah, he's one of the smartest people in the biz. So I can see why. So yeah, yes, so, I did get to read some okay. of them. So this SSD is probably like the most, you know, exciting part of the PS5 because everything else kind of feels like, uh, you're going to have to really see it to believe it. Even with, with the hard drive, honestly, it feels like you're going to have to see it to believe it. There's but, a lot of, before you get into the SSD, I want to say uh-huh. that there's a lot of the one thing that I think was most revealing in, in hindsight of this presentation, especially the Digital Foundry, they, they talk about the teraflops of the PS4. And it's power, but they talk about all of it from the angle of it, like at max clock speeds. There's a mm-hmm. lot of speculation and and rumoring that it can't hold those max clock speeds, and it won't. Yep. So it makes you wonder, like, was that a bit of a spin? You know, and well, and, and doesn't even matter. That's another thing that I've been wrestling with mm-hmm. is how much will it actually matter? I don't think it does. I'm not trying to get into like a console war fanboy thing here, um, but it's an interesting thing because almost instantly after that thing came out, like the the next day, like devs were like, yeah, it can do, you know, 10.4 teraflops for a minute. Like you can't run this thing at max clock speed the entire time. And that's where the Xbox horsepower thing really starts to to show its leverage. It's like, oh, man, like this, we could be seeing a difference in performance. I feel yeah. like he was reading the article. He was kind of saying it's up to the developers to see how well they can uh make their game run you know like it's not going to be able to run on you know full horsepower all the time like you said but it's kind Mm -hmm. of up to them to be able to um you know make it make it work uh right what am i thinking i'm not emphasized but uh optimized optimized thank you brains uh (laughs) yeah optimize it and get it to be at that performance performance point so that's the way mm. I write it anyway. Absolutely. Like it makes me think about like overclocking a PC. Yeah. Like you have to do so many fine tuning. You have to adjust your curve, your fan curve. You have to make sure you're getting it to just the right temperature and everything to where it doesn't crash or all fall apart. And then again, you're only doing it for so long, you know, playing however long you're playing the game or whatnot. And it has to be so fine tuned. And it seems like that's kind of what the PS5 is going for this kind of overclocked PC approach. You heard Mark Swain talk about how great their cooling system is to be able to, uh, you know, mitigate heat and power and to keep it to where the system is running, you know, at a cool enough temperature to where you can have these higher clock speeds. But then again, like you said, it's like this optimization. It's on the developers to be able to actually find the balance point to be able to do that. And then it makes you think, I heard, you know, I believe it was Sean Capri that said this on the last Xbox show. Are we running into another cell processor fiasco where you're going to have to have so much dev time trying to optimize for this system that you're going to get into the point where people are just like, ah, I don't know if we're going to be able to do this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that is, that is definitely worrisome. Um, There were some articles floating around last night. Um, about this thing just overheating and it not being possible to actually to actually do this, you know, to be able to run at these higher clock speeds and everything without everything crashing. So 
that could be part of the reason why we haven't seen anything yet. We haven't seen a box. We don't know what this supposed amazing cooling system is that they have that they have going for it. And it just kind of makes you wonder, hmm, are they gonna be able to do this? Um kind of crazy, kind of worrisome. And you gotta hope that they figured it out and that this SSD actually becomes the game changer that they would need it to be for the PS5 to actually take off. Yeah, I think they're relying on a lot of uh, spinning of plates to kind of come together. I mean, look at the Switch. It's not the most powerful system, but there are some great looking games that come out for it. If you're going to compare like what are the what's the next Far Cry 5 or Crisis or, or whatever, can we do realism uh, side by side? Then, yeah, they probably it probably is worrisome. But if it is a system that is easy to develop for and uh, make games that run well, like, are we going to know it, notice a difference? You know, yeah. it does it really matter in the long run. I mean, you did the car comparison and just because you have the most horsepower doesn't really mean anything if your car is heavy and shaped like a brick that has no aerodynamics, you know? <laughs> so I do understand the agility comparison. The mm -hmm. question is, does that actually transfer apples to apples? Right. And can you say in this case, like agility matters or is yeah. it really just teraflops? Like if it comes down to teraflops, they might be screwed too. Absolutely. To, to to give them a little cover fire here, um, one of the things that I've been kind of debating in my head is how much the power uh, difference would matter. Um, power matters to me, and I think to, to especially like game tech, like those of us here, like we, we care about these things. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, if it hits the outputs that it needs to hit, so like if it does 4K60 with ray tracing at, you know, maybe some sort of lower thing but if, like if that's the baseline and it does that does it really matter if it doesn't have all the particle effects or it's a bit more framey than in the xbox like that's kind of if, if they have the library and the games at the end of the day that's still the huge advantage that they have and i've been wondering um uh, i was sharing some of those articles with dev last night about uh, some of this scuttlebutt about it overheating i don't even know if those rumors are true or not i don't even know how much we go down those mm -hmm. road um but one of the things that they one of the things that they've said is that we could see like a delay that maybe they're going to kind of rework what they think the PS5 is and maybe the PS5 doesn't come out this fall like we're expecting and maybe that has something to do with why they've delayed Iron Man and Last of Us and we assume Ghost like indefinitely is maybe right. they're going to push into that into that window get Last of Us out in the fall or the winter to set them up to come out with the PlayStation 5 next year after the Xbox launches that like that's 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 a that's logic and a theory that I can get behind. I'm like, okay, that starts to make sense. Like you can kind of connect those dots, even if it's completely unfounded. Like those dots seem to right. line up. Um, but one of the things that I keep coming back to is like, I will care, and I, I've already gone and get the Xbox because of Game Pass. Like I'm already there. But at the end of the day, if it does 4K 60 stable and it's got like some you know pretty ray tracing, even if it's not as good, they still have the games that win over most buying decisions. Mm -hmm. So I was honestly wondering like. Could this just be like a lot of a lot of headlines are going PlayStation underestimated, you know, Microsoft. Could it be that they're taking more of like a Nintendo economic approach? You know, I'm and it's like, we're just going to make more money 
because more people are going to buy PlayStations anyway, because we have Spider-Man and God of War and Horizon. So instead of taking such a huge loss and making this giant console, we're just going to make a little something a little bit more economic. It gets in the ballpark. It's not the same, but it's in the ballpark. You can play all these amazing games and we'll come out with, you know, the Series X competitor a year or two later. We'll come out with another pro or another, you know, like I'm starting to think if it's more shrewd. People are like, oh, you know, like Sony doesn't know what they're doing. I'm like, no, I've seen this before. Like you said with Nintendo, I'm pretty sure they know exactly what they're doing. They're probably not taking a loss on a console they're about to sell 100 million of. You know, like that's that might be the the issue of what's going on here. Well, I think historically that's worked well for them and, you know, Nintendo and other companies when, I mean, Microsoft, their typical stance is to just shove more horsepower in there. yeah let's make it as close to a pc as we can possibly get it without it being that way and when i feel like the ps3 was their example of saying all right let's make this super powerful system it's going to cost an arm and a leg and that's their the their least performing system as far as sales and moving it and everything go whereas the ps2 you know if you if you look at that and xbox it may not have been the most powerful, but it was definitely the most prevalent. Yeah. Like in a console matter. space, it really doesn't matter. And I'm going to, and so it's, it's weird because it's kind of a moving target. And I think that's mm-hmm. the issue that like Sean Capri always has is that power doesn't matter to people except for like the people, you know, that want to say like power mattered with PlayStation four versus Xbox because Xbox was always behind. But at the same time, that was just a thing that people threw out there. I don't think people were just going PlayStation because they had more power. People were going PlayStation because of the games that they had. Right. Yeah. So that, that's always the case. Power doesn't matter to Nintendo because Nintendo has Mario. Power doesn't matter as much to PlayStation because they have The Last of Us. Power matters a lot to Xbox because that's their thing. That's what I've said about the Xbox. The reason that I'm excited about Xbox is it seems like Microsoft is getting Xbox back to being Xbox. They yeah. pushed the boundary forward with power. That's what they did with the Xbox. That's what they did with mm-hmm. 360. Now they're back to that. And Xbox, even though they didn't always have the largest library of first party exclusives, it was at in, in the heyday when it's been successful, it has always been the best place to play, play third party games. And they are getting back to that. So yeah. uh, if anything, I'm, ex- I'm kind of excited for everybody. Instead of being like excited for one and not the other, I'm kind of everybody seems to be leaning into what they do. And I'm very excited for Xbox because it seems like they're getting back to what made them great. And this Xbox One generation you know, can finally kind of be put behind them and they're back on track. And I think yeah. Sony's doing the same thing. Sony just needs to control some messaging. They need to say something, anything. Well, I think that's the biggest issue is that they're so silent. So then it becomes, oh, what are they doing? And that oh, leads to these types working. of rumors. These rumors that come yeah. out, like when the absence of nothing, something like this will get some sort of, you know, legitimacy. And we have no yep. idea if it's true or not. But if it is. So let's just assume, let's armchair quarterback. Let's say it is true. Let's say they're having overheating oh. problems and whatnot. Would you be in favor of them pushing and not launching alongside Xbox and coming out with like a redesign like a year later? Or putting out what they have now, letting the comparisons be what they will and following it up with a successor, you know, shortly thereafter. I would much rather them, you know, fall on their sword and push it out to get it right. Cause you don't want to also be in the, in, in the, in the area where you are red ringing your systems. 
where you have that. Like, I don't see Sony being like, yeah, we have this Red Ringer Death. We're going to go ahead and just keep constantly replacing out your console at a cost to us because they are not Microsoft. They don't have the kind of cash flow because they don't have other businesses that are actually pulling in a profit outside of PlayStation at this point right now to be able to do that. So I would much rather them push the system out until they get it right and be like, you know what? Hey, we're sorry. You know, we had to go back to the drawing board with a couple of things. We still have these great games coming out for PS4. We're still developing for PS4. PS4 is still a great system. And we will have the PS5 at a later date when it's ready. Especially with the fact that, you know, the the Series X, they're not developing any, like, exclusive Series X exclusive games. So it's like they kind of bought PlayStation time to be able to be like, okay, let's get this right. So I would much prefer them you know take a step back and be like all right we got to push this out you've also got the coronavirus so you've you've got all kind of other things going on to where you pushing your system out of fall 2020 actually makes perfectly good sense there's tons I, of cover fire for them if they want to delay like mm-hmm. there's I lots don't, of things i don't know though like in this article he said I, when, as i was reading it he said they're not going to divulge the uh workings of their cooling system but cerny said he was happy with it and that when people open it up they're going to be happy with it too or be very surprised if they go back and say that that's one of the reasons that they're doing a redesign now i feel like that kind of undermines what he said and it might give people less confidence in the times where they say things like this where he does this deep dive of all the technology and everything and it's like okay well you say that now, but how much of that is going to change before release and production? You know, well, I don't know. A I don't big know. part of this is if they are actually planning on going out in the fall, they're in manufacturing now. So right. yeah, if, if this is true, which again, I want to be clear, we don't know yeah. that it is and doesn't even, yeah. there's not a whole lot of credibility behind it at all right now. Right. What I said makes me wonder if it is. Because I don't why think would it is. you say that? I don't think it is. Because yeah, I certainly wouldn't have went on stage, talked about how great it was if it wasn't. I, I, for whatever reason, I, I don't believe that. Um, but if it is, then them having to do a redesign is going to like, that's already costing them money, like lots of money because they're already in manufacturing. So mm-hmm. it's, and plus they, they, you know, you're giving somebody a head start. Like you want to be yeah. a competitor on the shelf, you know, like Xbox is, I really love that Xbox is so confident in what they're doing. Like they are just so behind they're like they're like you can tell like the entire company they love what they've done they can't wait for everybody to see it and um i do love the like that the design that we all make fun of and the fridge and everything it's starting to like showcase in around all these little you know all these little nooks and crannies internet's like this is what you have to do to have a heat sink to cool something like this because it's generating so much you know it's so a pc it is like- a pc Water cooling, water cooling. Why not water cooling? The way my PC works, the water block is at top. It's pulling. I mean, it's a PC. When you have AIO, that's what they do. AIO systems. It's Mm -hmm. yeah. It's It's them leaning into what they do. So yep. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely happy that Xbox is doing that. Um, Sony just needs it to be Sony. They just need to have just. They need to say something. That's just the only thing that I would. At the like, end of the day, dude, it's just games. Uh, when they show yeah. Horizon, none of it will matter. 
Like, That's like the thing. they have to show Horizon, and I think I think part of it is just that we're just all starved for anything from PS5 from Sony. We were just starved for information. That's what leads to these rumors and the worry and the speculation. But at the end of the day, this has probably been their plan. Well, you're all also along. seeing one company that really wants to move like turn the page and you're seeing another mm-hmm. one that's like no nah, we still got you know 30 50 million sales of software to sell like they don't yeah. want to adversely affect the last of us Absolutely. or ghosts like these are these are going to make a lot of money for them um you they know which is in- money. i'm sorry <laughs> they have to actually come out we don't have release <laughs> i know i know that but like you don't want people <laughs> what you don't want people going is i'll just wait for ps5 like you don't want to tank the PlayStation Four sales uh, top, waiting for whatever's coming. Like you want them to, you want people to buy it right away. Don't cancel your pre-order. Keep buying the game right. when it comes out. Whereas there's Xbox kinda- really doesn't have anything like that. Like there's no reason for that. They have Game Pass and everything. Like everything is Xbox. Like to get this box out as soon as possible. Yeah. Yeah. There's that period I- where everyone stops buying things because yep. they're like, well, the next one's going to come out. I'll just wait. And if yeah, you just I'm keep extending that, ooh. if they delayed Last of Us Two because pre-orders were so light, because people are waiting for it for the PS Five, not a chance. Nope, because those pre-orders on the Ellie Edition, everything they've sold out. Every time they right. even open them, they've sold out in like an hour. They're That's on the find. special edition. That's on the special editions, though. I'm wondering if just like your base regular pre-orders are just so far below what they're looking for to do. That they're like, hmm, or maybe they sent out surveys and found that people are waiting for for PS5. Who knows? If you go, that's jump, just something I just thought If about. you go jump through Jason Schreier's um, tweets about the delay, there's some mm-hmm. really good stuff in the threads where uh, somebody went through Sony's financial reports for 19 and and um, and 18, and in quarters three and four, physical game sales make up more than 55 percent or more of their entire profit. So for all of the rise of digital and how much digital matters, being able to go to the store and buy the game on the shelf matters a lot. You're talking about millions, hundreds of millions of dollars in Sony's pocket. So you're talking about why did they delay The Last of Us? Because right now people in a large majority of the world, not just America, can't physically go buy the game off the shelf. And they don't want to spoil the story. They don't want it releasing in markets in one time or another because those are the things that will lead to people canceling pre-orders. So I think this was just, I think all of this, like that delay, it's just economics. They're just waiting for a moment in time where everybody can go walk in and buy the game like they normally do because they don't want to risk any of that money. Okay. Makes sense. And we got all into the weeds when this is supposed to be about the power of the PS5. <laughs> what power? It only has like 10 teraflops for like nine seconds. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> got nothing. Got nothing. It's got this SSD gonna, that it can't even keep up it's with. It's going to melt that SSD. Uh, now, now uh, uh, fun shots aside, the SSD is, I, I've been excited. We've talked about this, Dev. You and I have talked about this since like over the summer. Uh, yeah. This SSD is important. I've been telling people it's important. I don't think they quite realize what it's going to do. One of the best things that I've seen about it uh, from Windows Central is they've really showcased like what it's going to mean in regards to like the streaming and assets and the popping and everything that I've been trying to convey. Yeah, they conveyed that's the it. Part. They conveyed it in a way that I think makes the best <laughs> that I've heard it. In a lot of games, there's a lot of gating or it slows the player down to help make up for this performance. So if you've ever climbed a ladder, walked through a door, had to Mass like, Effect cut elevators through a, through a thing, an <laughs> elevator. 
all of those things are in place as the game designer way of slowing you down so they can load in the assets that you're about to see. Imagine mm-hmm. if all of that was stripped away and you had a seamless game experience from start to finish. Like God of War, where you didn't have like some animation where you climbed up a ledge and you just kept going at full you don't, speed. You don't have to imagine. Just play the original Rage on PC and turn around real quick and you can literally <laughs> see everything pop in as you go. <laughs> They never fixed it. It's so so Sony's SSD is aiming to stop all of that from happening. Now, if that becomes the norm and everybody buys PlayStation like we expect them to because they'll have Horizon, Last of Us and all that, and they start doing that, Microsoft's bandwidth speed, even though they're on an SSD, is half that. You're going to see issues where it's going to be, I don't think it's going to be like, oh my God, nobody wants to play this, but you're going to see comparisons where you mm-hmm. see the difference. Digital yeah. Foundry is going to go side by side and they're going to go, this is why it matters. The question yep. then becomes, do game developers start designing games specifically for that SSD that then make porting to Xbox and supporting an Xbox hard? Like, do you see more ramifications? Do they stop putting in those elevators and those ladders and things like that? And then that becomes an issue on Xbox where you start seeing performance issues. Or do they leave that in there because that's what they know and do, and it's not that big of a deal? Like That's what we don't know. We don't imagine, know if developers are actually going to adopt it and change the way they design. Imagine Half-Life Alex without having to stop when you enter a room and everything goes gray and you see yeah. that map and you're yep. waiting for it to load. Nope, just continuous experience. I mean, that already keeps me in the game. Some of the, the way that they've done some of these things. Or like secret loading behind uh, a certain amount of the level so mm-hmm. you can just keep continuing. Pfft, I'll never leave. House could be burning down and nope, I got to play one more level. <laughs> so I think we'll definitely see first party take advantage of this. Like I'm th- oh, imagining, well, you imagine like a God of War was like that continuous shot. Imagine if there was no like animation that stopped you. You just kept playing forever and like it just straight, you know. Uh, but the question really becomes is how much does this be, become adopted? Because if it becomes yeah, widespread adopted, it's going to be an issue for Xbox. If nobody yeah. takes advantage of it, it, it may not matter at all, actually. Yeah, like yeah. you said, it's going to end up coming down to like the first party games. Like even now, like the first party games typically on PlayStation have always looked and played and just been amazing where you don't really have that same thing on the Xbox. So it just makes me wonder, like, what are they going to be able to do with that hard drive that also frees up everything else that the system can do? Like how much better of an experience can you create with that being able to offload stuff that you would normally have running in ram being able to offload stuff from the from the cpu are you going to be able to achieve higher fidelity more frame rates like it just really makes me wonder what the horizon is going to look like and play like and be like on the ps5 compared to like a halo or or a gears of war on the xbox that's the you know, efficiency just, part right because if if you're not yeah. using ram to do all this loading you've now freed up all that space maybe they don't have the horsepower but maybe they don't need it because now the exactly. cpu and everything is not being as taxed as much as it used to be right mm-hmm. so that's where maybe they can do you know near what xbox series x can do at not as much you know raw horsepower that's where mm-hmm. the efficiency comes in. That's where I, that's where I kind of, at the end of the day, if both these boxes, I think 4K60 is the standard. Like that's mm-hmm. the standard. 4K resolution, 60 frames locked, like stable, not variable resolution, not variable frame rate, locked, stable stuff. That's the standard. If both these boxes hit that standard, is it like, I feel like I know Dev's answer. 
because he's a PC player. But like, does it really matter if like a game every now and again on Xbox can go 120? Is it really going to change people's opinions if their ray tracing is like a little bit better ray tracing or if their particle effects are a little bit better? Does it really matter? I don't think it matters that to most consumers, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter nearly as much as one plays Horizon and the other one doesn't. I was going to say it doesn't really matter. But the thing is, people are going to drive that narrative. I don't think it's going to matter in the long run really at all. But the narrative will be driven that, oh, my God, this game does it at 120 and this only can hit 60. But then I look at Most that and I think, TVs oh. can only hit 60. Yeah, I was going to say, TVs <laughs> aren't going to be doing one. People aren't even going to be able to take advantage of of a faster refresh rate and that, you know, the the motion rate, whatever, the 240 motion rate stuff and the 120, that's not actually fake that's the fake rate it's not a realistic frame rate so all of that motion blur nonsense that the tvs have on them that is not giving you 240 frames per second it's not giving you 120 frames per second that's not realistic and then when you think about the frames a lot of the frame rate is a bottleneck from the cpu so if you're having the cpu being able to run at a faster clock speed then you're probably not going to have an issue with the frames if you can actually keep that clock speed and keep it cool enough so it may not even be an issue at all that's where i come back to my original ideas i feel like playstation's taking the economical business savvy approach they know that they have that nintendo space covered they've got the games that people want to play so how about let's not go as crazy on the tech let's make a little bit more money and um yeah i think it's smart i i just want to live in a world I want this box to be the box that finally makes the Spider-Man trailer where the water puddles look like they did in the trailer, look like they do in the game. Let's equal it all out. You no know more. what? Do you know how, how much I would love Sony if they did a patch for Spider-Man and they, they marketed around that? They were like, look, Great. the puddles that you envisioned, we've done it. Like the puddles are back, guys. I would love that level of They're trolling tracing. so much. Ray tracing is going to make everything better. And if Sony still had like Adam boys and they still had Sean Layden, I bet that would be a thing. It would be so amazing. Though they aren't there anymore, I don't know if they'll. I would love that company to do that. Would make me want to buy a PlayStation Five. That would be listen here, trolls. You (laughs) whined about it. We did it. (laughs) Game runs at like five frames per second. If they literally called it like the puddle patch, they're like (laughs) spider. put it on the box realistic puddles oh man that would be amazing how great would that be that's some devolver level stuff man like that would be incredible we should work in marketing (laughs) i mean (laughs) oh man so that's gonna about wrap up our playstation talk uh lucas i I heard you you had to yeah drop out yeah as i said i have to brave the wild outdoors the 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 crazy life that we live these days i'm playing a real life video game i have to set out you know grab my make sure my inventory is completely empty so that i can carry back all the uh the gathered food and uh hopefully make it back alive so that's what i get to look forward to wear your mask i was gonna say don't forget your mask don't die of dysentery uh, I got my razor mask. I'm, I'm, uh, hopefully, I'll be able to fjord the river. Dude, whatever. I've got a mask for you. <laughs> oh my god! There it is. That would put be this amazing. on when you go out there. I'd have to be like, "What? I can't hear you." 
Oh man, the Doom Slayer mask. The only mask you need when there's an apocalypse. Hey, I'm ready. Yes. Well, yes. Thank you for having me. This was great. Uh, My first, I think, ever uh, before 6 p.m. podcast that I've ever done. It's crazy, isn't it? It's like a whole new thing when you podcast in your morning. You're like, oh, what is this? I kind of like it. You know, sometimes, I mean, it depends if you're good at, if you can wake up, if you get the coffee in you, it, it's a little bit better than being run down. I think it's a great day. way to wake up. Like I've never yeah. woke up before I do the show, but this is a great way to like ease into the day. I could see but, that. I mean, I'm usually amped yeah. after doing a show. What's that? I said, it's the only way I, I actually record all my shows in the morning because of you people in your three hour time difference. Yeah, that's true. It's the only way you can get here. I thought you were going to say it's the only way you wake up and you literally do a podcast every morning just to wake up. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Uh, well, guys, again, thank you. Have a good rest you. of your show. Um, all I'm going to say is home theater system over headphones, and that's it. Oh, see, see. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Yeah, I'm not doing you that. You get home right, and you know I'm right. You get out of here. You get out of here. You go bye-bye. Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs> see ya. It's going to blow up all oh. of our cameras. Eh. It's troubleshooting. You're right back to that. That's right. what game tech is. Lots of troubleshooting. I just deleted everything. <laughs> I did. Well, wipe it all out. I hate OBS. Uh, okay. Well, why don't, why don't you use the, uh, what is it? The IO stream. They have like a whole new streaming studio or some crap. No, I'm not doing that. Okay. So do you want to keep going or do you want to end it? Uh, we can keep going as far as I'm concerned. You, I've got nothing you to do. So I'm here for it. I have nothing to do at all. It's going to be great. Okay. Well, we can talk about Amazon too, if you want. Let's do it. Let's do it. So Amazon. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Before uh-oh. we leave the PlayStation five talk, I got, I got, I got a PlayStation four pro. Oh, that's right. I bought one well, the other night. Four pro did you get? I got the, the death stranding PlayStation four pro. You hear that Chaffee? If you're listening, he got the one. He got it. Um, the reason that I got it, it was one, like the pros, uh, they've come down in price, like yeah. ultimately, like you can get used ones pretty cheap now. And uh, we've all known that like, if, if Last of Us was coming out in May, like we expected it to be, I was going to probably get a pro to play it on anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, just cause there's a huge difference between the pro and the base model that I've got. So I was going to do that anyway. Um, but the reason why I got the special edition is because like, if I was going to spend Basically, the best that I could come up with was like the pro upgrade was going to cost me like two seventy five to like three fifteen. That's mm-hmm. about the range. I could get a special edition for like three fifteen, three twenty. I, I got it for like two ninety, or I could oh, get a nice. base model. So I was like, well, uh, I should probably just get the special edition just because it holds more value. Now with my special edition, it's brand new, Death Stranding PS4 Pro comes with a brand new white controller in the box. But that's why it's so cheap is because they bought the special edition and they're selling the controllers. That that P yellow controller uh, is selling for like two hundred dollars. That is so insane. So they're piecemealing the controllers out, and mm-hmm. it doesn't come with the game either. Um, so they're literally just selling the system. So I got the system for two ninety um, with a deal. white controller, and it's brand new, and it comes with the original box. Um, but I don't get the the P controller. But I got I got the game. Um, from from Discord, so I'm gonna play Death Stranding. I'm gonna give that a try, I guess. And uh, but yeah, I'm excited because uh, I want to play The Last of Us. I want to play it really, really nice. And a lot of people were asking like, why would you do this now with the PlayStation Five coming out? Well, one, it's like it's probably gonna be half the price. Yeah, <laughs> right. It's not as expensive. But two, have you seen the price rumors for the PS Five? There have been a lot of price rumors about three ninety nine. I don't believe that. 
Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. There's been a lot of sites that have gone up, like gaming sites, sites that actually sell stuff that are having it at three ninety nine. Oh, which it could be into like what you were saying about them going the more conservative route. Economics. They're doing yeah. Nintendo. It's so funny because everybody's all like, it's not as strong. I'm like, it doesn't need to be. Right. <laughs> like that, that really doesn't mean anything. Nintendo is showing it right now. 50 million switches sold. It can't run mm-hmm. 1080p 30. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Right. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it really doesn't. You you have the games that people want to play and you know that they're going to run good on the system regardless. The interesting thing about the power conversation is that the people that it matters for should have a PC or an Xbox. It matters to them. The reason I'm buying an Xbox is because of the power. That's not the same reason why I buy a PlayStation or or uh, a switch. I buy mm-hmm. the products for different reasons. It's not like yeah. a one wins. I buy Xbox because I want to see Far Cry in the best way I can possibly see it. Right. That's mm-hmm. why I play on Xbox. That's why I want to play Call of Duty there. That's not why I buy a PlayStation. That's not why I buy a Switch. Um, it's so funny because we're unique. I mean, you got to think about how many people actually just can only afford or only have one console. One. We That's are the thing. Very fortunate that we actually have all of them. And a high-powered PC, like yep. we're just fortunate. Yep, and Blessed. and that's that's where that that power matters. It comes for that that one consumer who can really only buy. And when you one. can only do the one, now you're not. Like, you want to play the games on, like the actual stuff, the library that you want should be where you go. If you could only do one, I'd tell you to get a PC, because then at least you could stream the other things. You know, like you could that's at true. least dabble in different areas, but you know that doesn't matter. Uh, the reason why I went the pro is because. When they delayed The Last of Us, we were like we were like fifty days out. Yeah. So I really feel like they're not going to do a special edition. Fifty days out, we don't know about it. There's no way they're going to launch that. There's no way we wouldn't know about it. It would have leaked. Like we would have seen it. It would have been out by now, I think. So they're not going to do a special edition. So I've been waiting for that, and that was off the table. Um, I I don't think we're going to be able to transfer everything to PlayStation Five, which is my way of saying I don't think I'm going to be able to move PT. PlayStation right. 5. So I was going to keep my PlayStation 4 anyway. So the fact that I'm going to keep my PlayStation 4 anyway and probably play The Last of Us there since it's already pre-ordered, um, I'm just going to get PS4 Pro and play some cool stuff in 4K HDR there until the time comes for me to buy a PlayStation 5. Probably, I'm thinking like a year, maybe two years after launch is what I'm thinking. Yeah. I'm thinking I'll go Xbox now, probably upgrade the Switch, and then get a PS5. Yeah, unless they come with the Infamous. Yeah. Infamous might do it. Infamous is going to be hard not to be in on. But here's the thing. Um, I'm really excited to see how PlayStation walks this line because I think they'll have some exclusives, but I don't think everything's going to be exclusive to PS5. I don't think they're going to stop supporting PlayStation 4. Yeah, me either. I don't either. I, it, it's really, really odd, um, especially with the delay of the the of Last of Us and Iron Man and all of that stuff out. And I still wonder, are they going to delay Ghost? Like, they haven't said Ghost yet, but I think so. I'm wondering if that gets a delay as well. And then, yeah, you Ghost still have games coming to PS4. Uh, Ghost is... June. Yeah, June. It's a month. So I'm thinking yeah. Last of Us moves in the Ghost window and Ghost gets delayed to August, September. Yeah. It, uh, yeah, you still have all the support for the PS4, and the PS4 is still a really, really great system. And you got yeah, at the end of the the era is usually when you get the best games anyway. If you were doing, if you were doing, let's just take your your approach. If you were doing an infamous remastered collection, why mm-hmm. would you make it exclusive to PS Five? It will absolutely yeah. sell more on PlayStation Four. Yeah, absolutely, it'll sell a lot and more. That makes you wonder, like, how are they going to do 
backwards compatibility. Like, is my, am I going to just be able to download the games? Can I take the hard drive that I have the, all, my external stuff and just plug it into the PS5 and I'm good to go? Am I going to have to no. download stuff? Yeah. Like, uh, you know that's not going to happen. You can't take I your know. external from one PS4 to another PS4. Yes, I know. <laughs> you know, I like, like the other day, like their stupid formatting crap is just like, dude, what's their on. security stuff? I get it. Like, you know, the Switch is the same way. You can't take an SD out and put in another one. It'll reformat the whole thing, just like PlayStation. Well, like they code the serial number to the system to everything you download, and you can't transfer unless you do a system transfer. So that's not going to work. You're only going to be able to re-download things that are supported on PS5, which we both know will not be PT, which is why <laughs> I'm getting a PlayStation 4 Pro and I'll keep it forever because I'm never going to not have access to that game. Um, so if anything, they've made it sure where I'll never trade it in ever. <laughs> and he will always have a PS4 of some sort. Oh, and then, you know what? Uh, I don't know if I'm going to like Death Stranding or not. I did make fun of the game quite a bit, but I do love the system. The system looks really good i it's like i like the look it was between that and the god of war one and i think i prefer that one over the god of war one just in yeah. design and looks i agree i like i like that white with the the handprint i like that 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 design i like the oreo I sandwich i like the offset so like the top is white and black mm -hmm. but that middle is black with like mm -hmm. the lettering i was like that's that's a nice touch i like that yeah it's very, very nice. I mean, it's not the 500 million console or the throwback to PS1. I looked at the 500 million. The used ones of those are going for $700 and up. And I was like, no, that's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> it does come you with know, a two terabyte drive, though. That's nice. That's the other that thing. I think because I have an external on my 500 gig PlayStation, I think I'll be able to move everything to onboard. I don't think I have a terabyte of stuff on the on the external. You don't, you don't, you don't play enough games on PlayStation to warrant a terabyte. So you should be I agree with you. I think I'm okay. <laughs> so I'll get to, to free up some of the cables, but I'm excited. Yeah. I can't wait for it. And I actually, uh, I think I would prefer actually getting a white controller to the, to the P yellow one. Anyway, I, I agree. The I white controller is going to match. It's going to look yeah, like it matches. One. I didn't like I'm that. Not a fan. I have a white controller and then I have the see-through red. I have I the see-through. Like I have the ghost, the white one. Nice. Nice. <sighs> Donnie's got a PS4 Pro. Welcome. I'm, I'm excited. I'm actually excited to, um, if this continues to last into the summer um, and we see more delays, that's going to free up a lot of time to replay some stuff. And now yeah. that I've got that 4K TV and the, the HDR and the 120 hertz and all that, I'm excited to get on the Pro and replay God of War. I love that game. I want to replay Infamous. I want to replay The Last of Us in 4K. I didn't know it was upgraded like that. I had no idea. I didn't think it was updated. I thought it was just this, yeah. The Last of Us Remastered was the same thing. Yeah, me too. I didn't know that it actually did native 4K. If I had known uh, that, I probably would have jumped on one earlier. <laughs> <laughs> see, now I'm going to have to play it and see what it looks like in 4K because I've had a pro forever, but I have not booted up The Last I of Us. I wonder how much it, you can actually see a difference because I, I replayed That's it nice. with Josh like back in the fall. It looks great. Like I, I, you know, It looks older, but it still looks beautiful. I wonder how much it would really change but I'm, i'll am yeah. i find out yep and if not i'm i, I definitely am going to play the 1900p with 60 frames so i want to see oh, oh god what that looks like i i, so. I was going to replay everything in may and now i think i'll delay it i'll delay the last of us a little bit i won't play it so fast yeah i'll probably still well i'm i was gonna say i was gonna play it in may with you but if you're delaying i can delay and just put more time into final fantasy 7 that works no, no, Final. Can you hear me? No, I can hear you. I'm just, I'm not playing Final Fantasy VII. 
play the demo. I might. Okay, I might. I might play the demo. Like I, I'm not. I never got into it, so I've always been felt like I've been on the outside. But I've also never gotten into Final Fantasy. I've tried a few times. Uh, I got really excited for 15 after they showed it E3. I was like, this game looks amazing. And I played it for an hour. I was like, I never want to play this again. So uh, I've never been into the Final Fantasy. It just never hooked me. So I have I have zero desire to play it. Uh, I totally understand. But I'll probably play the demo because, man, at E3 last year, I think we watched it together, didn't we? Streamed yeah. it. That game looked mm-hmm. amazing. I was like, this is the game of E3. Like, this game looks. It looks great. But it reminds me so much cool. more of Devil May Cry. Like when I watched it in motion, I was like, this looks like a Devil May Cry game. And that was the one time that I somewhat got interested. So you've played the demo. Does it play like that? Yeah, it does. It plays uh, really nice. It's really smooth. There, like it's continuous combat. There isn't the the, the, the time-based stuff where you're waiting. Like you have gauges that are building up for you to unleash certain powers. And then you also um, have all these different abilities with magic and healing and stuff like that that you can do. But otherwise, the gameplay is pretty, pretty smooth, pretty seamless, where you're just constantly doing battles. You can switch between the characters or whatnot. You can have one character kill a, heal another character or whatnot. So there is some of that, and you're going to have to manage inventory and stuff like that. So it may get to the point where it's just like a lot to manage. Um, but I'll have to see how that goes down the line because it didn't feel too overwhelming in the demo. Okay. So Cool. I'll play the but, demo. Yeah, I think if anything, you'll enjoy just the way it looks and just like some of the gameplay because it does feel kind of like Devil May Cry. You're not juggling people the way you would. Like you don't have that aspect. Yeah. But I think you'll still kind of just enjoy the fluidity of the game and just how nice it looks on uh, out of anything. So I do love Devil May Cry. Yes, yes, so. you do. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to this Amazon news. So Amazon is... We've known this for a while, that they're actually entering into game development. They're not just doing the streaming. Um, And they've actually put a ton of money into their game studios now. Um, They've got uh, a The Crucible, which is a 13-player Battle Royale-type game. It's kind of like the Hunger Games because the 13th player is actually the Game Master, who's actually controlling different elements of like the battlefield. And in the beginning of the game, you actually need to work together to to progress and then once it gets towards the end that's when it becomes more of this battle royale last man standing type of game so it those little twists into it so it's really more of a hunger games type thing where you've got this one guy basically kind of controlling the land trying to create traps and bombs and do different things to change up the gameplay which i think is really cool twist on the battle royale genre so they've got that coming in may They've got the New World, which is an MMORPG coming. It's up for pre-order. It's like a World of Warcraft type game, but it looks phenomenal. Um, and that's coming. It's up for pre-order. I don't think they have a date. And they also have this other game called the Grand Tour game, which is a racing game that apparently came out last January for Xbox One. I had never even heard of it, but it was developed by Amazon Game Studios. Um, so they're really you know, going all in right now, trying to become a player in the gaming market. They bought Twitch. Um, So they own that, which is going to be interesting because you're going to wonder, are they going to do the thing that we see a lot of companies doing where they're paying influencers to play their games on on launch to try to get that bump? So I'm imagining they're going to do that. Dr. Disrespect Um, playing nothing but this weird game that he's really paying attention to. Absolutely. So it's an interesting thing because they definitely have the pockets to really try to, you know, hit the ground running and make a dent. Um, which we thought Google was going to do with Stadia, and they just don't seem to be 
really dumping their their They'll money get there. And their backing. They'll into get it. there. They got shapes and beats. Oh, God. You like shapes and beats, so yeah, you've. Uh, I make fun oh. of it because it's like you know, like everybody's waiting for Google Stadia to really like land something and really get people excited, and they really shapes and beats. But shapes and beats is good. Like I'm making fun of it just because of its prestige, but it actually is a fun game. I think with Stadia, they just their messaging was off. I don't want to get you off on the Amazon thing. Yeah. But yeah, Stadia, <laughs> at some point you'll be able to watch somebody stream Stadia on YouTube and like click into the game, or at least they have yeah. this hope that one day you'll do it. Um, I think the most exciting news about the Amazon thing is that they're apparently making like streaming related games, mm-hmm. which I think could be a lot of fun. Like if they've got like some cool gimmick, I think like Jackbox, like where you oh, can yeah. play with your phone. Like that's where I'm going with that. If they have mm-hmm. like some cool game that you can play while you stream that interacts with the people that are watching you stream that kind of gets people going and maybe you earn like Twitch rewards or bits or something. Like if they do something like that and it's fully integrated, that could be really, really cool. So that could be kind of a Trojan horse for them. Yeah. I mean, they definitely can do a whole lot just with Twitch, but they can give themselves so much like just visibility Mm -hmm. because they own Twitch, so it's like we're gonna put all of our stuff at the top. And hey, influencers, hey, you guys want to do something? Here, play these Amazon games. So they and Twitch if they Prime make exclusives. Games, oh yeah, absolutely. And if the games are any good, then then you you've really got something going. Now you're off and running. Yeah, and I like that they're not launching their streaming service just to support the game. Like they're not forcing it. It's not ready yet, right. and that's what I've said about Stadia. For all the mm-hmm. things that Stadia can and can't do, it's not it's not it's not ready. It doesn't yeah. have the library to to warrant the price. It's the the performance isn't there all the the whole time, all the way. And uh, you know, really, it's just the library. The library is not there. They're not ready. So Absolutely. they were first to market, and I you know, history has shown people that are first to market get a significant advantage. Um, so I understand why somebody like Phil Harrison yeah. would want to be first. I get it. Yeah. Um, but for something like that, that's so new and jarring to the, the economy, I wouldn't want to be first. I'd want to be the best right. because in history overall shows the first product isn't always the one that succeed. The best product is true. the one that succeeds. Yeah. So we'll see what Amazon does with this. Definitely going to keep an eye on it. I kind of like this, this crucible game, the, the idea of it, like having the game masters. So I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit more interested than I was originally and then the new world, the MMORPG, like, I love those games. I watched I all of them. 20 seconds of it, and I was like, yeah, it's one of those games that I'm not going to play. So I kind of just oh, yeah. pulled it out, you know. Oh, I'm probably not going to play it because I don't have the time for it, but I think <laughs> it could be awesome. Like, if I was 20-year-old me, would definitely be like, oh, we're playing the new world. Cool. 38-year-old me is like, when the hell am I going to have time to do that? Next. But, yeah. Well, I'm really interested to see what Amazon does with all their tech and how they support these games going forward. So something to put a pin in and come back to later. Yeah, man. All right. So audio. Both the PS5 and the Xbox have dedicated things towards their audio. The PS5 has the Tempest engine. The Series X has Project Acoustics. So... Is now the time to really invest in a good set of cans or a really nice surround system in Lucas's case? Jared just puts a little note in there. He said, you should be doing this now anyway. Um, we have both got brand new. have already headphones. been doing this. 
<laughs> Absolutely. You already know how I feel about audio. Yeah. Um, I've been on you about getting headphones, like good headphones, for the longest. You know, the funny part is at no point did I play Ori without headphones, so I don't know, like, a contrast. (laughs) (laughs) I played the whole time with headphones. I don't even know, like, how much different it would have been if I played without it, because I didn't. I played the entire time with headphones. That is hilarious, (laughs) and as it should be. That's the way you should play games, headphones. Just do it. I mean, you, you look at just the landscape of, of gaming, and it started with the PS3 area when you had, like, all these different companies creating all these different gaming headphones. You had Astro, and you had, oh, God, what's the other? Turtle Beach. Like, you had Turtle these Beach. Comp- Dude, yeah. I had a Wii U Turtle Beach headset. Mm-hmm. For, like, $20, you could buy this cheap thing, and I bought it because everybody was all like, you got Turtle Beaches? So mm-hmm. Jack still like it was those. a thing. It was definitely a thing. And then we're starting to get to the point where we're actually not just getting headsets for chat and just headsets for the look or whatnot. We're actually starting to finally really get good audio quality out of these gaming headsets. And you're starting to see a focus on audio with the ray tracing, like what that can actually do for audio, this Tempest system, the, the project acoustics. And for me, audio is, is a huge piece of the gaming pie. Like, I love good sound. I listen to gaming soundtracks. Like, part of my whole library of music is gaming soundtracks. Mm-hmm. So if you can have really, really good audio, why not pair it with a good sound system or a really good headset? My my, <sighs> my whole thing with the, with the headsets, um, or at least the audio, is that typically when I get really immersed into a game, before I had headphones, I always wanted to listen to it really loud. Uh, mm-hmm. I'd want to turn the sound up because I'd want to hear everything. So I, um, the headset became kind of a necessity because my wife didn't want to be hearing me, you know, like shoot guns and everything. I think the first time I ever, I want to say, I think the first time I ever noticed guns might have been like Gears or Call of Duty. Like mm-hmm. Call of Duty's sound is really, really spectacular. Absolutely. And um, headphones really will let you hear more of it. Um, it, it's because there's so much sound because it's, it's, you know, it's a loud game. You're doing a lot of things. Sometimes I feel like it can be, um, overlooked or unnoticed, but mm-hmm. all of Call of Duty's guns have different sounds. Like reloading yes. has different sounds. Animations have different sounds, explosions, distance on explosions, all of these things you can hear and you're missing out on just like visual audio immersion when mm-hmm. you're not playing with headphones. So I started to get into headphones and I've had headphones for a few years. I've never really played with headphones all the time because they were typically either when I wanted to turn the TV down or not, you know, wake up anybody when I'm playing at night um, or when I was playing with friends. So it was always like a mic thing. It was always like Uh a streamer thing. I had to have headphones. Um, But, you know, I had the PlayStation. I I don't know what they're called, the Golds or the Elites or whatever. So I had those and I played with those for about a year. And and those were always fine for me. Uh, My daughter broke those. And then I got the Astros because they have Zelda stuff on them and it looks amazing. And I've had those for years and I've just played with those. Um, But these these Arctis ones that I got are a whole other level. And it kind of makes me because I played Hellblade with the Astros. Um, Because Hellblade's audio design is a big part of the game. It's actually a huge focus of the game itself. If you're not, if you play it like with the sound down or you're not hearing all the whispers and things that are happening, if you, if you're listening to it and you can't make out what they're saying, you're missing out on huge amounts of the story and part of the game. Like that's the whole point of the game is you're slowly going insane. And like these voices are in your head. You need to hear them and understand what they're saying. So kind of want to replay it, uh, to be honest with you. 
um, with with better headphones on because I I played it with the Astros and I heard all the stuff, but the Astros and these Arctis aren't aren't comparable. They're very different. So I'd like to hear it better. So I don't want to go as far as saying that I'm an audiophile um, like <laughs> like half the staff here. I don't think I'm there, um, but I do appreciate it when it's good. And uh, for that reason, I think um, I do think because of how comfortable these are. I actually do think I probably will start playing more with headphones on now than I ever mm-hmm. have. I'll probably be more with headphones on than not. Um, yeah. You know, unless I'm playing like Mario where it's just like background noise, I'll, you know. But like if I'm playing Call of Duty or Zombie Army or Hellblade or Forza or anything like that, I'll probably play with headphones on. Yeah. It's funny that you said that you used to just want to play everything loud. And that that leads me into believing, yeah, it's because you had crappy sound system. You had to turn everything up louder. I did turn it up to hear everything, but but I wanted that immersion. I was looking for that same thing. I just didn't know that I wanted headphones at the time. But yeah, when I used to turn it up, I had sound bars. I turn it up because you want that feeling. And Mm -hmm. uh, if you didn't really, if you're never used to wearing headphones all the time, you don't know what you're missing um, because that's exactly what you're, that's exactly right. I was just looking for the headphone experience. You can have the headphone experience without blowing out your speakers. Yeah, unless, of course, you're Lucas and you have divulged yourself into creating this Dolby Atmos system. I got to tell you, you know, like the VR, um, the Oculus has, it doesn't have headphones or mine, you can play without headphones. It directs the audio towards your ears. Mm-hmm. Um, but having played Ori, it was something that I noticed with Alex is like, I kind of want it louder. Like I want, I want, I want it more, you know, like it, it still feels like audio is kind of playing outside of my ear. Um, so I'm even thinking about like getting headphones for it or, or I don't know how I could use the Arctis like over the VR. It's, you know, like I'm I'm already starting to think about that now having played Ori with the headset on, I'm like, kind of want to do that with VR. But the the VR thing is interesting because when I play, um, I now play, I lock myself in my room because my wife will come down here and she thinks it's funny to like mess with me or create noises or something and like wave her hand in front of me. And then it's very off-putting when you're in VR to have somebody around you. So I told her, I was like, from now on, I, I just lock myself in the room and I'll hear her bang on the door or something. So people can't mess with me. But if I put headphones in, that's going to take that to a whole other level. Yeah. So. That, that would create a whole different level of immersion because now the sound is all around you, especially if you have a good like surround sound headset, yeah. they can actually play sounds you've got this visual and this audio experience that really just kind of puts you there. Yeah. And that is, that is, that is next level. That is a different ball game. And that is what I hope to see from these new systems, like that they're really going to put into the audio. And if you have the right headset that you can really take advantage of that audio immersion and get the uh, quote unquote eargasm experience that I like to have, like having good sound like you said like call of duty like they put so much time and effort into the sounds of the game the different sounds of the headset the different sounds of the gun guns are almost great. it just makes the guns feel differently yep being able to hear the way they sound like oh my god the sniper rifle like the sound that it creates it makes the game feel differently so having that 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 good sound when you're running adds- and you hear like your your gear like Mm-hmm. you know bounce to your movement and you hear your feet and you hear the crunch between like gravel or like mm-hmm. that strawy sound when you're in grass stuff like mm-hmm. like, like uh, i don't know if people don't recognize that i feel like people don't talk about it enough but yeah the sound design in call of duty is actually pretty incredible it's next level and yeah unless you unless you have 
a headset to take advantage of that or you have a really really good surround sound like you don't notice any of that and that's something that can make the gameplay even better like you you really don't realize how much the sound can actually affect the game and your enjoyment of it until you have it until you've heard it and then it's like trying to go go back to not having that is so different like we were talking with seth about having a good headset for like forza being able to hear the engines roar being able to hear the differences in the engines being able to know which car is behind you just based on the sound and then being able to hear along with like the haptic feedback of being on the racetrack versus being on the uh, the side or being in gravel being able to hear and feel that it creates just a totally different type of immersion totally different type of emergent emergent gameplay and that's what really excites me about having great audio when i listen when i play forza horizon i turn all the engines down and i listen to all the rave music and like the pulse <laughs> channel and stuff so i wouldn't know <laughs> yeah. but you like you're playing forza horizon versus like forza motorsport yeah i'm not doing motorsport uh so i wanted to ask is obviously i feel like i already know the answer um, but I will offer like, someone of contrasting point. I think it's totally fine for like the tech dives, like with Digital Foundry or like the Mark Cernan keynote. Um, I don't necessarily want like big giant to do's about the audio design. I don't want them to go like on and on and on about why they're like when they start talking about like, you know, like we're actually going to like, you know, learn to profile your different ears. And then like, OK, like. I just feel like it's like really into the weeds. What I would love to know is like, here are the bullet points. Here's why audio is better on our system. And here are the headsets that you can use to take advantage of it. Like here are the headsets you get the most out of it. Um, I don't know how much I care about 30 minute presentations about how audio is going to be, you know, a factor on next gen. I could live without that. Yeah. I don't think we need that either. I think you're absolutely right for the typical consumer, um, the bullet points as to why you should invest in your audio is more important than having a 30 minute presentation on. Yeah. We want to take pictures of your ear and stuff. I mean, yes, this is a little off putting. He's like, what? (laughs) I don't want you doing that. (laughs) Yeah. That, that was unnecessary for us for sure. Like nobody needs to see that. That's not, that's not for us. I get that for the game developers. Like this is what we're doing to, you know, make the audio good. But for just the lay person or the person who's just like, what are you guys doing with audio? Like the bullet points, the, this is why you should invest in audio because this is what you're going to be able to hear. This is how it's going to change the gaming experience. That is what they need to address when they're talking about audio. I also like, wonder. If it's such an important thing to them as the person making the platformer, why do they include a better headset? That is, that's the honest to God truth. And that's one of Nathan's things. Like, he's like, can you guys please make a headset? Like, make an officially licensed headset that takes advantage of your audio. Yeah. Like, and you can make it expensive. I mean, look at the Elite controller. That's a, that's a very expensive controller. And if you have to make the headset cost, there's a reason why. And if you give me the reasons why this is going to improve my gameplay, then I can understand the cost associated with it. Yep. Yeah. Cause I was thinking it is, it's, it's just a, it's an interesting juxtaposition when, you know, they're like, you've got to, you know, cause they're very adamant. Mark Sandy's presentation was very adamant. Like you need to be playing with headphones. You're missing mm-hmm. out on this experience. And it's like, well, you launched the system with one little earbud that was yeah. quite garbage. Yeah. And like the Xbox little headset that they launched with, uh, I don't know if the Xbox one launched with the headset or not, to be honest, I don't remember, but I know I the remember. 360 had like the little half ear thing with the thing, you know, it's just garbage too. There's like thousands yeah. of them all over a GameStop in little baggies and stuff like that. You know, it's like, 
Well, if you really care about it, then maybe include a headset. I'm not saying like yeah. a top of the line model, but maybe include a set of earbuds or something that are really good. But yeah. obviously they're not going to do that. It's going to factor into the price. They don't try to keep the price as low as possible. I get it. I'm not selling them too. But if it's truly important, then make it a make it a point. Like if you're really that behind it, then exactly. Either officially license something and say this is important to your experience or put something in the box that will at least convey it. Right. Absolutely. I mean, you look at like phones, they come with a hundred dollar headset. Like mm-hmm. my Samsung Galaxy comes with a hundred dollar a AKG like headset. Like it's actually a quality, quality earbuds because the thing has good audio. So if you're going to be touting your audio, you definitely should either have an officially licensed product and explain this is why it's so much. Do you want to add that cost into the box yep. or give me something like a hundred dollar headset that you guys take a loss on so we can hear the audio experience and maybe entice us to go out and get something better, you know, or at least you're partner have, with somebody, yeah, you partner with Arctis or somebody on the officially, you know, like the officially licensed Sony Arctis headset or something like that, which I'm sure they will. It's just, it's, it's odd that both companies do this like as a console launches and I get mm-hmm. it, right? You're trying to just showcase all the cool stuff you've done, but like it's like we never hear about this at E3 or State of Play or in, like they never. This is the only time that anybody does something like this is when they talk about it when the console launches, and we never hear about it again. I would love yeah. for them to be like, like here's Horizon Two, and here's why Horizon Two needs to be played with headphones. Here's yeah, Hellblade Two, and here's why you have to absolutely have headphones. Like, and not just headphones. This sort of headphone, like you, you need a headphone that offers these things, because um, otherwise, I don't think anybody's ever going to care or pay attention. Yeah, except yeah, for audiophiles and people that are, you know, like you know, in into this niche, because they never yeah. take the time to to let let you know. Yeah, especially with like Hellblade, like that should be Hellblade Two should be like their 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 pitch for you need headphones, like because you know what that game is and you know how important the sound is. You under like that's so what exciting. that game is. That's like the biggest point. So have an officially licensed headset, even if it's the Arctis. I believe it's the X9, which is the Xbox One version of the Arctis headset. Um, pair that up with Sinua. Like make that a point to be like, hey, this is the headset that you should get to yeah, play this box. game. Or have an officially licensed one to be like, hey, you're getting Sinua. This is the headset that's going to take advantage, and this is why. These are all the bullet points of what you're going to be able to experience and hear when playing Sinua with this headset. So, like you said, yeah, you need to market that type of stuff because playing Sinua without a headset is kind of like you're missing. You're missing so much. That was much. the one. That was the one where I, I started playing it without headphones. And then you start, you you know, I got into like the first chapter is like, oh no, this needs to be played with headphones. And you read reviews about it and everybody tells you the exact same thing. Like you, it's yep. required. It's almost mandated. Like you've got to play yep. it with headphones. So Even that a was game like Control where you're, you're constantly Control hearing the whip stuff. Like that's another one that you want to have headphones the because hiss. they're talking. Like the hiss, the hiss is talking. Mm-hmm. Like there are so many little audio cues and things that are happening that if you don't have a decent sound system or a good pair of headphones, like you're going to miss all of that, that gameplay stuff. Yep. So audio plays a point and, and until we start getting marketing from, you know, Sony and Microsoft and maybe even Nintendo, if they start to like actually go down that rabbit hole, you never know. Here's why you need to play Mario with headphones. (laughs) Maybe not Mario, maybe Zelda. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> Zelda Breath of the Wild, for example, didn't do much on a sound design. It's actually what it did 
with the lack of sound um that that might be almost more impressive zelda has always had like huge grand um especially the last few like orchestrated soundtracks and, and the use of not just soundtracks but like the use of music in the game has always been like a big theme you know, yep. playing your ocarina and and all the different musical instruments and playing songs and hearing these these themes for the forest and the water temple and things like that has always been a thing with Zelda and I think that was a part of like Breath of the Wild almost set out to be the anti Zelda and I think that was a big part of it is that the music is very minimal and you mm-hmm. hear the world you hear more of the grass blowing and the wind and and uh, crickets chirping and things like that's the sound of the game is that yeah way more than like music or anything like that and even the times where you have little themes they're minimal at best you know like they're very much just in the background good to know good to know because i didn't play a whole lot of that game what a shame (laughs) what a shame i really wanted to get into that just speaking of that you know i I didn't i should have said this on air i really should have and i didn't i said it off air just because I wanted Ryan to hear it. You, you listened to the Xbox Empire episode with Ryan, right? I have the, listened to part of it. I, I get the crap from Nathan at the end when he asked me to sign off. And I say, I'm playing Nintendo. And he goes, I'm playing Nintendo on an Xbox show. It's like, uh, one, <laughs> one of us has played Ori in Gears 5. I and I was like, what like, the? F- <laughs> you went off on him on the previous show about you are running an Xbox podcast. And you played the first. I was like, don't you throw this shit at me. One of us plays Xbox games, <laughs> and it's the one with the playing Nintendo name. So we came up with a really cool idea. I think I should be playing Nintendo, and I think uh, Nathan should change his handle to play in Apex. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, I thought that was fun. And Nathan's supposed to join us today, and he is big in the audio. He really wants oh, yeah. an official Can't wait to so hear what he thinks about all of these things. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, that'll about wrap it up. Unless we got any questions. Did we get any? No. Other than Nathan's, could I join? Nope. That's it. <laughs> well, yeah. But that'll about wrap it up for us here. Go get you a headset. Like, it doesn't have to be the Arctis, but get you a decent headset. In fact, Arctis has a bunch of, like, SteelSeries has a bunch of stuff on sale right now. Um, over in our game chat on, on Discord, uh, game tech chat on Discord. We uh, had a couple people buy some headsets, so buy the headsets, people. Get you some good audio. Enjoy your games on another level with good audio immersion. It's important. So um, that'll do it. Follow us all at on Twitter at, at oh, God. I can't even talk right now. Follow us on Twitter at Game Tech Pod and tune into all the things PSVG at the PSVG blog and PSVG on Twitter. Yeah, man. come kick it. With- Discord. Discord. And I'm out.